one thing we do have is balls. <laughs> oh, stop it. This is Tall Can Audio. Congratulations on all the balls. Welcome to another edition of the Versage Sessions of Tall Can Audio. Thank you. Matt Robinson, Lee Versage. I do have a lot of balls. Okay. Uh, I guess it was you I was congratulating. <laughs> ben? You mean it wasn't? It. Oh. Torts, uh, Torts is always an interesting press conference. We might get into that in, in a couple of minutes here. Hi, Matt. How's it going, man? Oh, if I were any better, it'd be you. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's a shame, actually. Well, I know. That, that's pretty much why I said it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we should let the good listener in on the fact that uh, this will be the last one. You're in studio here for a while. You're still going to be around. We're still going to have the Versage oh, sessions. I'll be around. Yeah. Just but, not but around. But from far, far away. Yeah. Off to Europe. To Europe. For a little bit. We'll see how long. Yeah. At no. least through the holidays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. For sure through the holidays. Uh, although the good listener doesn't know, so we're... Yeah, I, for sure through the holidays, and then we'll see how long. There is no uh, no return date set, right? Yet you might wind up loving loving it over there and just set up shop. Yeah, I don't know that I'm going <laughs> to set up shop permanently. I'm not allowed to set up shop permanently over there. But yes, I am going, um, and I would love to hear actually from people on some suggestions. Going to go to the southern part of Italy. Mm. And then going to Portugal. So those are two things that are absolutely happening. Right. But here's what I wanted to get the listeners' advice on. Mm -hmm. Well, just life in general, because most listeners have a better life than I do. (laughs) So, uh, but I have this like, I don't know, four or five day stretch that I'm going to be going from the south of Italy to Portugal but I want to go somewhere in between. Okay. So you're looking for uh, some tips, some things to see. Some recommendations about cities that, you know, they you can fly a lot of different places. Oh, yeah. For pretty cheap over there. So, but just looking for something to do. And I'm going to set some, some ground rules here. Uh, number one, that I'm a pretty, if you can believe this, you probably don't believe this. <laughs> But I'm a pretty low-key traveler. Like, I don't need, like, I'm going to be real honest with you. I'm, I'm driving down Merivale today going, I don't know how he even lives here. Like, I. It stinks. No, Merivale stinks. Merivale no might. Part, like, living here, I, that's not what I mean. I, I don't yeah, like, yeah. But Merivale stinks. The road might be the worst road. It's packed like it's the night before Christmas with all the stores are going to shut down for five days. Well, and honestly. I, it's crazy. So. I'm a block or two over and people use the street I'm on to go around it. So they come over, they fly up past people our People or me? I have no idea. No, if, if I needed to do that, I am that guy though. Like, I, Well, I, most people seem to be. And yeah. so they fly up and down this street and yeah. it like to the point where sometimes it's pretty dangerous. Like there's, yeah. there's a couple buildings on this street and like one big plaza, but the amount of traffic is way more than that yeah. because it's people trying to get around. Well, and it's a windy road. You actually, when you get to the stop sign out here, you can't see necessarily all the cars. Doesn't slow anybody down. They're just, yeah, I, uh, they're just <laughs> so whipping by. So what I'm telling people in this whole story is I don't need to be 
in the downtown center of a city to see, like, I don't know. I'm not going to Paris to right. see the Eiffel Tower. Okay. Okay. You're looking for a low key kind of thing. I'm to looking see for here. something nice beaches or well, it can be a city, yeah. just a little bit more low key. Hey, if you've never traveled here, you should give this city a shot for three or four days. It's under the radar. Right. It's not like Rome or Paris You're or not being jammed onto the tube in London. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't need that. Right. But I need something along the way. Okay. That will pique my interest. Right. So. I'm looking forward to, I guess, putting down all of the suggestions that people will put through because they're your listeners. Sure. They're our listeners. Oh, they're our listeners. Sure. So maybe I should be more excited. I guess uh, so. Okay. I am excited. So I'm I'm excited <laughs> to go, but then in the world of Lee, and I don't mean to take over, but I'm only on once a week and you're on every goddamn day. So it's Basically, fine. yeah. Um, I'm a walking disaster and mm. I've done shows and, you know, AJ and Creech and, and a lot of the guys that, that know me um, from the station because I've done shows on things that I've done to myself. Right. And I'll just, we can talk about it at another time, but I have dislocated my shoulder falling off a treadmill. <laughs> I've dislocated and separated my shoulder in three feet of ocean trying to teach somebody much younger than me how to body surf. <laughs> I have... That's the person you're high, learning from. High sprained my ankle curling. I have like <laughs> there isn't something that hasn't happened. I've had two back surgeries. I've had four kidney stones. Four. Yes. Um, Good lord. And don't ever go through it once. No, I'm not planning on. I'm it. telling you, it's the worst. <laughs> Anyone who's ever been through it, you can't compare it. You can only listen. To women yeah. who say what childbirth is like. Mm-hmm. And I like to talk to women that unfortunately have had childbirth and a kidney stone to try and <laughs> gauge at least somewhat. Yeah. Because people say, and women will tell you, yeah, it's it's on par. Four times. One time I drove, I was having one, it was passing, and I was doing a show with Glenn Kolka. And it was like this, me and you mm-hmm. across yeah. the way with the glass, but I was producing. I love Glenn as a human being, but this was early in his tenure. Not the greatest host of all time. <laughs> Fantastic personality. They put him in a bad spot. Uh, never helped him. He just got the raw end of the deal. Right. He could have, he was really good, but he could have been better with a little help. Sure. And, and they just left him on an island. It's like, here, go host this show. And across the glass, we're going to put for Sage. <laughs> you guys go. Yeah. He'd never been on, like he had never, he just had this bigger than life personality. But in the middle of the show, I got up and I was, I knew I was having a kidney stone and I'm like, I got to go see you, see you later, Glenn. And I, instead of doing the smart thing and waiting for an ambulance to get there to take me, mm-hmm. I was like, no, it'll take too long. And this pain is crazy. I'm just going to drive myself. Well, I drove myself to the Ottawa hospital, like on Smythe. Right. And why I went there instead of the Civic from downtown, I don't know. <laughs> I just wasn't in the right frame of mind. And I got to the corner of Alta Vista and Smythe as soon as you get off of Riverside and you go on there and there was an accident and everything was backed up. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I just drove on the other side of the road <laughs> and basically it was like to the cops who were in the middle of the intersection with this accident. 
I'm going to go through and you get, you want to come get me? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't care. Like come into the- Shoot me though if you do. Yeah, like, but come me right into, out of come my misery. Into, like I'm two kilometers away from the hospital. Come arrest me and give me a ticket. Whatever you need to do, yeah. but do it there. Because yeah. I'm, I'm- I'm going. They never followed me, no. which is good. But I drove on the other side of the road, oncoming traffic. It was that. <laughs> it was just a stupid decision. I've had everything happen to me in my life. I've, there isn't a bone in my body I probably haven't broken. I've- <laughs> Yeah, no, I've got hit by a baseball in the nose, broke my nose in 17 places, have plastic in my nose. Um, I also got hit in the forearm, like just at bat playing softball. And I was older. I was like 19 years old or something. Right. And, you know, you go to the bar after and that's all you want to do. And there's my dad going, you know, tough it out, you little, like, (laughs) you got a a bruise in your forearm. And I went... And like a week later, I was like, I, I'm going to the hospital because I can't move my arm. Like I, I, I literally can't move it. And I got there, and they put a cast on to like just below my elbow. Mm-hmm. And of course, my stepmom is freaking out at my dad because my dad's basically telling me what I'm tough enough. Yeah. And, but then I went to see the orthopedic like four or five days later, and he's like, "Is your arm still hurting?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's I'm dying." He's like, "Well, that's because you broke it right through." Like in two pieces. So every time you're rotating, like to kind of turn your, your palm up, Yeah. every time you're doing that, you're breaking it again. I don't care yeah. that the cast is on. So they take the cast off and they put another cast to my shoulder. So now I have a, a cast from my shoulder down to my like fingers. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to camp as a counselor to work for the summer. Well, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> they actually cut a hole in my uh, cast so my elbow would stick out. They put hinges on it like I'm a robot so I could bend it sort of inward, yeah. but I couldn't rotate. Well, as soon as I could bend it inward, well, I can pass a ball. Sure. I can canoe. <laughs> I can do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, broken arm for about four months. Jesus Christ. Because I, yeah, anything that's ever happened has happened. I've had 19 So did you surgeries. come in here today planning to yeah. just- Tell us all the calamities that have happened in your life. No, because I'm actually ho- I, I'm hoping that you maybe write a couple down because there are good stories that go okay. along with it. Yeah, the separating my shoulder in the uh, falling off a treadmill. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, happened at the rink while the Sens doctor in the middle of the 0405 lockout was looking at me because I was having major back problems. Players were locked out; they were still working. They were lucky. I was lucky enough for them to look after me. I went in and they're like, just go warm up in the gym as they're looking after uh, John Muckler at the time. Right. And I went into the gym and fell off the treadmill, <laughs> like in the commercial where it shoots, shoots you in the back. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh man, that, that would have been really embarrassing if it was in front of someone. And I get up and my arm's like hanging off. Ugh. I'm like, oh, it's not, that's not good. And then the pain <laughs> comes and then, um, but I did that like. <laughs> like in the rink and the scent, they're looking after me. And it's like, it's just, I got so many stories, but I thought it was all prepared to go on this trip. Right. Because in the last two or three months, unfortunately I've had another root canal. I probably had six or seven root canals in my life. Um, but they become a little bit more difficult as the finer, I don't want to get into all like what, <laughs> People who've had root canals, they know they're either simple or they're really hard. Right. 
And mine are never simple. <laughs> like never, ever, ever. So I had one in September. It took a while to heal. They had to put me out. Oh, see, you're right. Uh, I, sh- I should open my crop top too. Uh, that's the beard, not the shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> um, so we'll talk about that in a second. Yes. But I'm... Going in for another one, I just had one in September, got the crown put on, didn't know whether I had insurance because (laughs) I was not working. Yes. Um, Had a bunch of stuff, had $6,000 worth of work done. But at least I'm done, right? At least, at least it's it's all over with until a couple days ago when I was having more pain in the same tooth I had the surgery on previously in September and I'm like, this can't be right. It just can't be. And when I got to the dentist, they, I called them and they like, come right in. It wasn't the tooth that I thought it was. It was the one beside it. Oh. And I get to have another root canal surgery <laughs> coming up here tomorrow. Right. With a 24-hour recovery period and being put out again and just what I need before I am supposed to step on a plane on Tuesday. Yeah. Like just, just what I'm hoping for, man, this is perfect timing. I, uh, I may have told this story before on the show. I went with my, uh, my dad drove me to the, the dentist there on uh, Friday afternoon at one point and I was probably 12. And, uh, normally it was mom who did the, the running around with the kids right to the doctor's appointments and stuff like this. I don't know what was going on, but dad took me and, it was all fine. And they come out and they tell my dad, I don't even remember what the issue was, but that I need a root canal. And they said, if you want, we can just do it right now. Like we can just get it over yeah. with. And, and dad's like, all right. Now I'm sure he wasn't happy because he was already missing a full afternoon of work. And now he was going to be sitting there longer while they did this. But so they go through it and they didn't put me right out, but they definitely numb the shit out of you or whatever. Mine must've been one of the simple ones. I don't know almost anything about root canals, right? But I know I wasn't put Well, if you were 12, it was a long time ago and yeah. technology has come a long way of sure. how they handle these type of things. True so. enough. Yeah. So I know I wasn't put right out, but I don't remember being in like a ton of pain or anything. It would have been yeah. numbed and whatever else. So they finish up and, um, dad's late to get back to work. So he drives me home, doesn't come in, just kicks me out. And, uh, you know, tell your mother what happened. Here's the prescription, whatever, for a painkiller or whatever. I go in the house and she's in the middle of doing something. And she's like, why are you so late? Like, what took so long? I said, I don't know. There was something wrong. I had a root canal. She's like, you didn't have a root canal because she thinks of them like you did. Like most people do that. They're more serious than that, right? They don't just do it while you're there for your checkup and your cleaning and whatever. Mine's going to take three hours. Right. I don't remember again how long mine yeah. took. It's so, so not a lot of dentists just go, oh, I got three I hours got, on my hands while you're here. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Free time on my schedule. And I'm like, no, I did. I had a root canal. And she's like, I'm telling you, you were going in for a cleaning. They didn't give you a root canal. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, maybe they didn't. Like, what the hell do I know? <laughs> you don't that, know anything That's the term yeah. that they told me. Maybe I am misremembering it, right? Like, maybe I'm screwing it up or whatever. And so she's like you know, go do whatever you're doing. So I'm down in my room and my face hurts. Like I'm in a lot of pain Yeah, and I go back out and I'm talking to my mom and for whatever reason, she's just not having it that this, you didn't have a root canal just yeah. out of nowhere on a Friday. So my dad gets home like three, four hours later and he's like, how's the boy doing? And she's like, he keeps saying he had a root canal. My dad's like, he did. 
She's like, oh my God. Right? You think your dad would have called your mom? <laughs> Maybe. To go, hey, the kid had a root canal. <laughs> He's probably going to be looking for a T3 or something, right? Unbelievable. I'm sitting out in my room just like, oh my God, my face hurts so much. <laughs> the numbings, of course, all coming out while you're sitting there. Right? Yeah. So good times, man. Oh, They're fun. Just fantastic. Yeah. I, you, can't, you can't get enough. But anyways, off on... Uh, off on Tuesday, yeah, and uh, fly into Rome. Nice, for a pretty good, pretty good price, like yeah. under six hundred bucks to fly into Rome. Nice, uh, with a quick stop. It's like in twice Toronto. that to fly to Edmonton. I know, quick, quick stop in Toronto, Ottawa, Toronto, Rome. Yeah, so, you love that trip, that route. Yeah, it's a lot better than like. I don't well, just know. the backtrack to start every trip you go on from here is is rough, right? As someone who grew up in Toronto, yeah. It is, but at the same time, I'd rather transfer there if you gave me a choice because you don't have to clear customs when you go international until you actually right. get there. So I actually will not, if I'm going to the States, I will not come back through Toronto. I won't do it. Right. Because. Oh, it stinks. Because having to get off the plane and or even go when you're leaving and you go Ottawa to Toronto and then you got to recheck in yeah. everywhere. It's just terrible. So. But going on this trip, I don't have to do any of that. Um, when I get to Toronto, I just saddle up to a bar and wait for my <laughs> flight to Rome and, and that's it. So have a sip of something and renumb your face. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like, like a good, I, I'm kind of joking, but kind of not of what the medication and yeah. a couple of beers and hopefully the. Put you right out, man. Hopefully the flight's very <laughs> short, <laughs> but we'll see. Anyway, it should be good. Um. It's, it's well needed for me to, to get out right? and we'll do, and I will be checking in from. Yeah. We'll do some of these remotely. Wherever I am and yeah, it'll be fun. Lee can, uh, let us know what's going on in the Sicilian hockey league or, or whatever over there. <laughs> as long as it's not soccer, dude. Right. <laughs> Just check in on me with whatever. They're uh, like, oh, you, you gotta go to a soccer. You gotta, I'm like, I'm not going to a soccer game. I'm not doing it. Okay. <laughs> it just wouldn't get for the money and the time and everything else. I wouldn't get what other people get out of it. And I, I totally See, I understand. might do it. I'm not a soccer guy at all, right? Like at all during the Olympics or like the world cup, you'll yeah. get me to watch the Canada games or, you know, things like that. But I think if I was in England or France or something, just for the experience as a sports guy, you could probably talk me into it for an afternoon. You couldn't get me to travel specifically to do it, right? But if I was yeah. in London already for and I had an afternoon or whatever, that might be what I look to to fill it with. Well, I doubt I'm going to be that guy. Right. Uh, we should talk about the, the pints we just cracked into here. Crop top. This crop top from the Black Bellows Brewing Company. Well, Black Bellows. Uh, up in, Black Bellows. In Collingwood. Okay. L- spent a lot of time in Collingwood as a kid. Right. Had a... A cottage in Wasaga Beach. Nice. And also had. Um, Look at this fucking guy. Yeah, it yeah. was just so ritzy. <laughs> you know, our dingy little three. Wasaga Beach, pretty nice, man. Yeah, in the 80s, I'm not sure it was quite what it is now. Okay. But <laughs> sure. Um, that's, can, that's fair. I can tell you it wasn't. Right. <laughs> but. It was just where we went. And then a little bit more ritzy was Collingwood. And um, long story, but sort of family 
had a, a place up on top of the a Blue Mountain, mm-hmm. like the places up on top, which was super cool to go to uh, when I was afforded the opportunity to do that. Right. So, yeah, I love Collingwood and Thornberries around there. And yep. Uh, so, what are we drinking here? This is the Crop Top Saison, four point eight percent. Okay. And I, I thought it was interesting. It says here it has a little bubblegum flavor to it, but I'm not, I don't think I'm getting any of that. Are you? Like, that's not coming through for me. And if it is, it's not coming through strong. Like, it's certainly not a bad beer, but I, I don't think I'm getting anything that even closely resembles the, uh, the bubblegum. Um, okay. So if you didn't tell me and you just said, what does it taste like? Right. Bubblegum would not right. be, hey, this tastes like bubblegum. Right. So I wouldn't get that. Now, I do get on the back end of it a little bit of sweetness that now that you've told me it's bubblegum, I probably you can kind of go, yeah, I, I can wrap my head around it. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And it's not like in big letters. It's not the predominant flavor they're going for. It says it with traces of or hints of or whatever. I forget what was, but of bubblegum. And you're kind of like, all right, well, let's see what that's all about. And I'm just not really getting it. So a lot of beers. That... I should also mention I've been just a little bit under the weather. So maybe my taste buds aren't up to snuff here today. <laughs> I don't know why you said today. Uh, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Just a right. veiled yeah. shot. It's fine. Throwing not... an elbow on I, the way by. I did. I wasn't even looking at you. It was no. literally like a, like an elbow on the way by. Yeah. I know you're there, but I'm not looking at you. Um, <laughs> I think most of the beers that you and I have had a chance at least to sample together, yeah. a lot of them have been like taste forward. Yeah. Boom. Here it is. Maple or yeah. p- pink guava right. salt and Himalayan salt and guava or whatever. Like we had the, the winter ales. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of, I would call it flavor forward. As soon as you drink it, yeah, the first half of it is like, wow, bam. This one, to me, is almost the opposite. It's subtle. Subtle. At first, it kind of just tastes like a beer. Yeah. And then at the end of it, it does get into a little bit of sweetness. Again, I wouldn't kind of call it bubblegum on first chance, yeah. but um, I do understand that there is a little bit of sweetness. So this is cool for me because it's a different type of beer. I don't usually drink ones that are subtle. Yeah. Well, I'm not subtle. Right. No, no, we know this. Mm. I should say, uh, just before we move into a couple things, had like 17 notifications late Wednesday night or Thursday morning of last week mm-hmm. from people who I guess caught AEW Dynamite, and I want to warn the good listener, let the good listener know this isn't about to become a giant wrestling topic, but I... (laughs) Says you, one half of this show. (laughs) Now, you're lucky, I can tell you, you're very fortunate that, look, we are recording this on Wednesday, you make no bones about that, and when this is released, we will already have had... Mm -hmm. Formerly known as Edge, but the rated R superstar Adam Copeland. Yes. Fighting Christian. Yes. Christian Cage in Montreal in the main event of Dynamite. Is that why we're recording early today? Are you getting on the highway and headed to Montreal? (laughs) Uh, I was asked to go. Yeah. And 
not only because they taped Collision and yeah, Tuesday, uh, Ring of Honor last night. Yeah. Not a great crowd, right? Uh, which really is disappointing. But uh, I had a friend that was front row and sent was it me Bell Center at the Bell Center, yeah, and sent me a whole bunch of like pictures and results, and it looked looked amazing, but not a great crowd, right? But tonight, Wednesday night, Edge and Christian, mm-hmm. um, yeah, t- yeah. <laughs> Sorry, last night. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to talking about it in the future. Okay, go now, ahead. Last week. What are your notifications? One of the favorite clips that we use on this show all the time Mm. is Christian hitting Adam Copeland. I I know what's coming and I was going to do this myself. Thank you. Good listener. Christian. And we've used this basically since we started the Versage sessions. Go fuck yourself. And uh, to finish setting up the match last week, apparently Adam Copeland. Yeah. Had a word or two for Christian to get things set. By the way, I almost forgot. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) And so I don't know if if we need the whole thing moving forward, but I have saved and keep uh, kept, you know, just to to change things up now and then. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So we have both now, a matching set and uh, wrestling. It's getting a little blue. It's amazing. Yeah. So when I was back at the station, uh, there's that clip. Oh, what do they say now? Um, and we had like Tim Stutza do it and Claude Giroux. <laughs> and uh, there's three or four different versions of them saying the same thing kind of like this. Right. So I like it. We're going to start a collection. Yeah. We'll have a whole row here of hot buttons that are just and different it, people telling each so, other to go fuck themselves. So it's not your old... Doink the Clown wrestling show that it's uh, it's amazing. That it used to it's be, amazing, so, and yeah. you know I can't believe I didn't send that to you the moment I saw it. Like, <laughs> don't worry, lots of other people did. See, and lots of other smart people around. <laughs> right, here, right, which I like. Uh, the big story of the week, and this is this is risky chatter on the podcast because of the delay between the time we record and the time we release it. It's the Shohei Otani sweepstakes yep. down in uh, in Nashville and, and in Anaheim, apparently in Dunedin for a day. And as we sit here right now, there is no announcement. It's possible that it comes today, but most people are saying before the end of the weekend, uh, he'll let uh, whatever team it's going to be know. And we know that the Dodgers have been the favorites all along. The Blue Jays are clearly still in the mix. In fact, there are a couple of reporters saying kind of right there neck and neck with the Dodgers, and then apparently the Giants and the Angels still in the mix as well. Now, he's been pretty quiet about it. It's possible there are other teams, but mm-hmm. that's the the common uh, the common sense seems to be, uh, or the common belief that those are the teams that are in the mix right now. I'm just curious, where are you at with this Blue Jays front office right now on this because they're trying to make something huge happen here. And there's a bunch of reasons to do that. First of all, the fan base, pretty irritated after yeah, a year. They hate you. Had. Right. Yeah. There is that. Yeah. Um, And they're currently undergoing renovations to put in these new premium club seats and everything else that's going to go on. By all accounts, they're asking people who might be interested in buying them for a five-year commitment mm-hmm. at tens of thousands of dollars. So you need to excite the fan base if you're going to get people yeah. to do that. And Shohei Otani, worldwide, internationally speaking, one of the most 
well-known, well-recognized athletic superstars in the world. You would get people's attention in Toronto. And just for a little bit of context, when the Bell Club opened in the CTC, Mm -hmm. they asked for three-year commitments from people. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, when the Jets came back to Winnipeg, yeah. it, you couldn't just buy a season ticket. You had to buy no. a five-year season ticket. So this isn't unheard of, but it's a rough time to be asking people for that commitment given the kind of mood around the market and the fan base. Yeah, they hate point. you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you surprised that they're as in it as they appear to be? Are you buying that they're as in it, or do you still think, not you specific? there are people out there who believe all along this has been about leverage, trying to drive the price up? Like, where are you at with this right now? Well, baseball does not have um, a salary cap when it comes to, I know that there are financial restrictions in place, but it's not a hard salary cap. Yeah. Once you get to this number, you pay a tax. Once you pay this number, you pay a higher tax. Like, And it sure looks like the Blue Jays are getting ready to blow through that number if, if, you, if we believe what we're reading. Right. So I think... Here, here's how I, and I'm a little bit jaded. I am. I am just sitting here going, well, the company that owns the Blue Jays, can you tell me like who that is and what their, what their they are profits uh, and Rogers pro- and uh, right. they sell phones for a lot of money, right? Um, can you tell me what their like their earnings no are no it's a lot okay well here here's what i can tell you that in revenue in 2022 rogers had 15.3 billion dollars in revenue it's pretty good the shares share at 58 dollars a share right for rogers I'm not a mathematician. That's like the Steve Bunda rule or, you know, people that are way smarter than me. But you're going to have to tell me of a a team that's owned by a company that had over $15 billion in revenue last year and that number is not going down. No. It's going up. Can you tell me why they wouldn't be? Front and center in this? Yeah, they can afford it. It's but, if they want to afford it. But that's the whole thing, and it really bothers me. And I know we have two entities, and I worked for one of them for a very long time. Um, all of those people, and look, in business in general, but we have two conglomerates that run this country when it mm-hmm. comes to media. Yep. Correct? Yeah. All they care about is when they go to their shareholders and they ask their shareholders, are you happy? Are you making money? That's all they care about, right? Yeah. So again, you're going to have to explain to me why they're not in the running with a sport that doesn't have a hard salary cap and they teams... They're one of the richest teams in baseball. And don't, please don't mistake that to be that they are the richest or they have TV deals like the Yankees do or like the Yankees print money. But 
Well, their owner is the richest, right? They, they'll try and tell you that the team is run as its own separate entity. We know that's only, but we have seen the ownership steadily over the last couple of years increase payroll. They have been legit for that. And there is money to be made. There are people who will tell you that even at $550 U, or $550, $550 million US yep. as an investment in Shohei Otani, you're probably going to make most of it back. In, Probably in suites, in ticket sales, and being able to make TV deals in Japan to broadcast Blue Jays games that suddenly are going to matter. Uh, a Rogers and Bat, like you own the TV network, so your ratings go up. Like everything that Rogers can get out of this to have this global superstar, this global brand, it's suddenly pennies attached on to, the dollar. It's not well to bring him in to what you're going to make. Yeah, to all the things that you just said. Yeah, it's pennies on the dollar. So where do I stand? I stand on, does this make them a better team? Obviously. You're bringing in perhaps the best player in the game. Okay. Maybe the greatest player ever. Does it? Are you getting rid of, like, what is your internal budget? I can't imagine. getting rid of other people? This contract, I would be certain, will have opt-outs in it that were under the player's control. Yeah. And if you trade for him and then suddenly turf two or three of your best players to afford him, yeah. his first opt-out, he's gone, yeah. right? Like, he is looking for a city that he's comfortable in, you know, a place he can, apparently, like, by all accounts, he's fanatical about his training and his body. So you have this campus, this whatever you want to complex in, in Dunedin, and this freshly redone thing under the dome that's about to be just about the same quality. He gets to pitch indoors if he wants to, like... All of these things are meant to bring him in and make him a part of a winner, make him comfortable, and yeah, make him pretty wealthy. Those are the three he pillars. Five hundred and fifty million. That seems to be a, right. what a lot of people went into this weekend or this week thinking. Right. It could it could drift up. I'm sure if the bidding gets hurt. so, let's even say it drifts up to six hundred. Yeah, six hundred million dollars. Yeah, for Over twelve years, probably ten, twelve yeah. years for Otani. Yeah, coming in to Canada. That's almost a billion. It is. $600 million, about $860, $880 million. Yeah. Phew. Yeah. It's a spicy like, meatball. Like, that's that's a lot of money. Yep. And you would own this country when it came to baseball. You'd own it. There wouldn't be, like, I'm trying to think of another comparable, and the other comparable that I can think of is not in baseball. It's Kawhi Leonard. Yep. When Kawhi Leonard came... To the Raptors. And let's be real, Shohei to baseball is greater yes. than what Kawhi oh, was. But but you're right. No question. The one NBA team in Canada brings in a superstar who takes you to a championship. Yeah. That's the model here. That's what you're hoping plays out. Right. And when Kawhi Leonard came, you didn't know that they were going to win the championship, but he, he owned this country when he was here. He could have done anything he wanted at yeah. any time. And as you said, Otani is much bigger in the sphere of worldwide recognition, mm-hmm. not only in baseball. He's one of the most recognizable athletes in the world, Right. period. And this is a no-doubter. I would, be, I would be offering so much money because I, I honestly, as long as he stayed somewhat healthy— you're getting all of the money back, and I don't even. So that's the interesting. Part. I don't even like the company for two thousand. I don't want yeah, them. Nobody does. Uh, I don't want them. I don't want any big conglomerate to be 
doing things. Except in this case, the conglomerate's the one that has that money that can bring me what I want. So go get it done, Rogers. Yeah, but so. I, when you don't get it done because you didn't offer another hundred million, I it makes me dislike you more. Well, so that's going to be the the issue here, isn't it? I think when you and I sat here after the season and looked forward and said, there's going to have to be a big off season here. You're going to have to re-excite the fan base somehow, yeah. right? You're going to have to do some things. I don't think either one of us thought that the Jays would ever be legitimately in on Shohei. Right. Not because they weren't interested. I have no idea when they decided no, they would be prepared. Because... To, but he wasn't going to be interested. Oh, he and now, the Dodgers and the Yankees. Right. And... and now, by all accounts, he is interested. And if for no other reason, we know he's interested because he's not flying from Anaheim to Dunedin and back to look at your gym just to put up this facade of being interested, right? Like there's other ways to do it. We know he's at least considering it. Yep. Are we now at a point, even though we knew coming into this off season, we're probably not in on Shohei, that the excitement has gotten so great that if you don't get him, anything else they do this off season is a disappointment and a letdown. What's the fan base going to react like if the thing we always thought was going to happen, he goes to the Dodgers, is what happens? Right. So I'm not going to be as disappointed as others, as you said, if you don't get Otani, then it's over. Right. But I still maintain from the day that we looked back on the season and listened to that... Mealy Mouth press conference. Insanely arrogant and disrespectful to the fans presser that they had. Yeah. If you don't do something to change that, you don't have my business or my care level. Yeah, they have to do something. Right. So I'm still, because I have this sort of, you know, me, I'm very positive, this beacon of of hope and light. (laughs) Uh, I still... In between your calamitous injuries. Yeah, common sense tells us that... The ownership knows mm-hmm. they have failed in the last two or three years getting to the next level. Yep. They insulted the fans mm-hmm. after the season. And if they don't do something to turn it around, not only are their jobs on the line, but the next, like where they would go next is on the line. Right. Like their futures are yeah, their on, reputations, on the their line. Their resumes. Right. right. So- I would hope that, look, I would like Otani, as long as you're not giving up two or three other people to go get Yeah, him. it's pointless if it means you're trading away Gosman, yeah. Bouchette, and, and Va- right. Vladdy or if something. If you do like, all that to it, bring him in, like, yeah. what, what was the point? What are you doing? Yeah. We're, we're the you angels. You have the guy, but yeah, now you're just the angels without Trout. <laughs> right. You're the angels without Trout. You're just going to lose, and it's, yeah. Right. And then he'll get hurt in the middle of the year, and so That is it. one interesting part of this, too, is he's only going to hit in 2024. Yeah. Uh, and then apparently he's hoping to go back to pitching in 2020. And for 550 million, 600 million, don't care. You, you, well, he has to pitch. He has to pitch. He has to be a two way guy, right? That's what you're paying for. Here's a three, $30 million, $35 million a year hitter and a $30 million a year pitcher. Now, this is his second, there's risk here, right? This is his second elbow surgery. So I wouldn't say have to. I, I, I don't believe that. It's a lot of money for a DH. I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm not only paying for the DH and the player, I'm paying for, well, the recognition that you're going to get worldwide that will take the team to another level. Yeah. You're going to want, you're going to get other guys that want to come in to play 
Yeah, with Shohei. With him because you can't afford anymore. Because yeah, <laughs> but they want to play they want to play with that guy. They want to be around him. Yeah. And if he doesn't pitch for one year, Oh yeah, if it's he's only, one, that's fine. We know that going he's in. He's only 29. Yeah. Like he's not But he has to go back in tw- he has to pitch in 25. Oh, okay, in 25. I yeah. thought you meant like next No, no, year. no, no. That like you know that going in. This is what you're signing up for. He can't pitch next year coming right. off this elbow surgery. No, he can't. That's fine. Yeah. But he this can't become a permanent thing that he's like, "Well, I'm I'm good now to just hit." Like for to make this investment uh, I think worthwhile. I he wants to. Like I don't know him obviously, but I, I I see no signs that he wants to get away from that. I think he loves it. Yeah. I think he wants to be that guy. And so you better know that in this little free agency tour that he's having. Right. You better know the makeup of him because it's not just Otani picking you. You still have to understand the athlete. hundred percent. Yeah. And what. And there was a lot of mystery about when he was shut down this year, right? Like they didn't come right out and say it's Tommy John. They didn't come right out and say what what surgery, what procedure he was going to go through. There was a lot of mystery here. Now, I'm sure these teams that are about to bid, like you say, $550 million on this guy will have asked to have seen the medicals. (laughs) Like we need to know what's happened. Mm -hmm. But there's been a lot of secrecy around that. And so I would imagine if you're still making these bids, you've seen it and you're comfortable with with what's going to happen and how this is going to play out and that he'll be able to pitch again uh, in 2025. Yeah, the medicals mean something, but as long as he can make a full recovery, I want to know the drive. I want to know what he wants in the next five years to be, he obviously wants to win, but what does that look like for him? Because if it only involves hitting, then... Yeah. Okay, then now you have to decide whether the investment of what you're going to get with him, is he as right. big of a novelty if he's not pitching? No. No. And, just... and I think if he gets hurt again, things start to slide, you're in big trouble with a big contract that is not... 100%. There's risk here, for yeah. sure. There's risk here. And like, if he's not ever going to pitch again, instead of spending $50 million, $55 million a year on Shohei... You spend $40 million on Soto, and it's a bargain, right? Like, if you're just bringing in DH. Yeah, but Soto's going to the Yankees. It sure right? looks that way. That looked, just before we started recording, uh, I was being reported that that is approaching done, which yeah, is a it, bummer. It looks like. And it's funny, because eh, I've seen that say that that ramps up the pressure on the Blue Jays to get Shohei. No, it doesn't. Like, they've done their thing. They have made their pitch. By all accounts, he's interested. It is totally up to him now. Like, just because someone else around you, yeah, you want to stay competitive. You want to stay ahead of the Yankees. But you can't go to Shohei and say, hey, our big rival just did this. We need you to sign. Like, that doesn't change anything for Shohei, right? No, like, no not at all. Yeah. All he cares about is, like, what is your team yeah. doing? Um, I'm pissed off to see Soto is going to the Yankees, though. That bugs me. Yeah, it looks like they're working on a trade right now. Yes. Uh, the Padres and... But... Hey, it's the Yankees. You expect Yankees, Dodgers. It's going to be King and Thorpe. Michael King, uh, Thorpe, and a couple other less, lesser known pieces. But going that's the what they do. And 100%. That's, and you, what, that's what you expect them to do. And you have to be smart enough and understand the market to counter. Because they can only do so much. Oh, There's yeah. only nine batters that come up. Yep. Like, yep. you can't. There's only so much you can do. So Well, and they were a disaster last year, the Yankees. Like. Yeah, it was fun. 
Yeah, of course it was. But Watching they're, them. they're not looking to do it again. <laughs> no, but I'm looking for them to <laughs> yeah, do it course. again. But of course they don't want to do it again. They're in the same spot, right? Yeah. You can't have a disastrous year in New York and then roll back with, well, we had a couple minor changes. We think this guy will be a little bit better. No. Like, no, it doesn't you, fly. Yet, you got to go and do something the same. Yes. So, okay, if they're not getting Otani. Which I love. Right. <laughs> but if they're not getting Otani, then, all right, well, let's go get Soto. Let's go get... You know, something that really matters. And I appreciate that, even though I hate the Yankees and I think that they have a bit of an unfair advantage over some of the teams in baseball. Mm. My my issue is that the team that I cheer for, they actually don't have a financial, um, they're not much greater financially than the team I cheer for. The team I cheer for just doesn't spend it. So that bugs me. Before we move off this, then let me circle back around to to Shapiro and to Atkins. Are you any? If they go and get Shohei, yep. obviously everyone thinks what a coup! This changes the franchise forever, right? This is a victory, changes the sports landscape in, across Canada, across Major League Baseball, all of that stuff. If they miss, do they get any credit here? Because by all account, you and I both just said. We did not expect the Blue Jays to get anywhere near this far. I expected they'd make a call, be told you're probably not on his radar, and we'd move along with our offseason. Mm-hmm. They have got him to come see the complex. They have done his ridiculous bidding about standing out there in front of the media and pre- pretending they haven't spoken to him, right? Keeping everything secret, making themselves look dumb doing it. We saw what happened to the Dodgers on, on Tuesday as Dave Roberts, their manager, came in. Yeah, no, we spoke to him. He's our highest priority. Their PR people and GM had to come over and be like, yeah, don't do that, man. <laughs> That's not what Shohei wants. It's a little ridiculous. Like all these things, the Jays have done it, and apparently they're going right to the finish line here on yeah. this process. If they miss, because mm-hmm. it's now completely out of their hands and up to Otani, do you give them any credit here? First of all, it's completely out of their hands. Like they could have spent more and Rodgers didn't let them or... Like, what do you mean it's completely I, out I of don't hands? think they make it this far in what we're talking about in the pro- if they're not right there with the Dodgers financially, right? If they... Okay. So, okay, it's out of Atkins and Let's say all things fans. are equal. They've made their bid. The Dodgers have made their bid. They're yeah. pretty close to and equal. And now it's just up to Otani's decision and he chooses the Dodgers. Right. I say good for you. I think that's awesome that you were able to get that far. That gives me hope. Yeah. But the only thing it does is give me hope as to what you're going to do next to fix it. Right. Like you, you, good for you. You got that far. You should have been, like, if you have the resources, there is no reason why you shouldn't be where you are. Well, other than the Canada factor. And maybe with Otani, that's not the same thing. He's already left his homeland. He's already left his culture. The U.S. is just as different as, as Canada, right? Whereas trying to convince some of these Americans to come yeah. up here is sometimes but a But what I'm sell. saying is that you've done everything, as you said, that you can, yeah. and you have the financial resources to be neck and neck with the Dodgers, so you should be there. Good. Right. Amazing. You didn't get him. He chose to go somewhere else. That's his decision. He, like every player, have the right to do anything that they want. Yep. I'm happy that you, or pleased that you have got that far with somebody that significant, but that doesn't change for me. Okay, you didn't get them. That's too bad. That really sucks. What yeah. are you going to do now? Right. And if you don't do something to vastly improve, yeah, you can't show up to team. spring training saying, "Well, we got close on yeah. Otani." <laughs> right. So it doesn't really change my opinion. It's their job 
to do so. They insulted people. They've been, you know, three years of, I don't know, what do you call it? Maple leafing? Like getting to the... That's pretty rough, but yeah. Okay. But getting to the place that you want to get to or finishing one game back or getting in the playoffs and being embarrassed. Yes. That's maple leafing. Yeah. Having an 8 nothing lead and losing 10-9? Or is that what it was to Seattle a couple... It was nine one or ago? something like that. I can't remember. It was huge like that. I can't remember the exact score. Okay, but whatever, that was that's that's it was four whatever one, it right? was. It was Boston. embarrassing. Yeah. It yeah. was four one in Boston, as yeah. you said. Yeah. So I care about you. This is fun for me. <laughs> actually, I'm going to actually tell you something here in a second okay. when we start talking hockey. Okay. I think you, you you'll be like me, and I think understanding. But we'll get to it in a second. All right. Um, you are the ones that created the team that almost got there but didn't get there and you gave them multiple shots mm-hmm. and then you as an organization embarrassed yourself mm-hmm. after the season was over and the way that it was handled with your manager and the philosophy of the organization and, and you're lying about 100%. it and you're not being honest with people and you embarrass yourself. Yeah. If you don't the fact that people are giving you a chance to fix this, you should be very very grateful for. So Go and fix it. I still have a hope that they're smart enough people to understand what they did and what they thought was the right decision wasn't, and they're able to course correct. But this is your shot right now. Go get Otani. If you don't get him, go do something that's going to tell me as a fan that you understand what has happened to this team in the last three or four years. You got it close, and then you bleeped it up. Okay, that's what you did. So fix it because this is your one shot to fix it. And if you don't fix it this year, whether you get Otani or you go out and get somebody else and you understand that you need to fix it with the fans and you need to fix it with your team just being better. If you don't get that and that doesn't happen, you're going to be gone on your ass anyway. And I can't, I'll be the one driving you to the goddamn airport (laughs) if you don't fix it. You'll be off to Italy so, with the uh, lever. So, no, I'm not bringing that. So, right bringing in, that right next to I'm you in the middle bring, seat. No, you'll be in the middle seat between the two of them. <laughs> well, that actually makes me very happy. <laughs> Strap them in, and they're not allowed to get up and go to the bathroom. And but you, they better fix it now. And I hope they get Otani. I really do. But if they don't, why people are even like me? I don't even. If you ask me why I'm giving them another chance, I'm not sure. Well, I, I, I'm actually not sure. Because they have been – like, to me, the one thing that I would say going away from this, whether they get Otani or not – and it's worth saying again that while we're excited about it and we should be excited about it that we're apparently even in the mix and he's considering it, the Dodgers from day one have been known to be the favorites. So it's still more likely than not right. that he we're goes, not getting him. Yep. But we have a shot at it. The so, wh- so to me, the one thing I would like to see fans walk away from this particular situation with – even if they don't get Otani, is the death of this narrative that the Blue Jays won't spend. They went out, and it was time to take a step forward, so they got Ryu. Then they went out and overspent to get Springer, who by all accounts was going to the Mets because he wanted to live close to Connecticut. They went out, they got Simeon, and they weren't able to keep him because he's like a vice president of the PA or whatever and had to make sure he absolutely maximized what he was going to get, and that already isn't aging particularly well. Justin Verlander said the Jays were right there on him and they were his second choice, but he had the chance to go back to Houston and he wanted to do that. Like, 
They have been there on all. They got Gosman to come, paid more to get that done. Like they are spending yep. like a big market team. Mm-hmm. This spend on Otani will be bigger than anything that's ever happened in baseball. And by all accounts, they're prepared to do it. So we can talk about mismanagement. We can talk about a failure to communicate by the Ross bot whenever he gets out there in front of the, the press conferences, those sorts of things. But I think we have to get over the JP Ricciardi era yes. Blue Jays complex that says ah, Rogers is cheap. They won't spend when Edward Rogers. I don't know. Maybe he's just one of these crazy billionaires. When he took over, this team started to spend and I don't like Edward Rogers very much, but I like how he's treating his baseball team right now. And so I would like to see if nothing else, even if they don't get Otani, we're done saying they won't spend. They'll spend. They're they're spending. Maybe yeah, they could spend I, better. Maybe, you know, there's there's other things to pick on, but they're spending money. Yeah, it's do they have the right people in charge to use that money properly to get this team to the next level yeah. where they should be fair. with some of the talent that they have. But we have to be done with the thing that Rodgers won't spend money on the team. Yeah. Rodgers is spending money on no, the team. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And they should be. Yeah. Because if they don't, I'd be mad. Right. But I'm not mad at that. Right. I'm mad at the mismanagement of what's happened. You get Otani, some of that fixes. But you, you need to figure out solutions for why your team has got to the same level and then trailed mm-hmm. off year after year after year. 100%. Speaking of which. Okay. Did you want to take a break or did you want to get into something else? How's your beer? Uh, I'm pretty good. I got a little bit left. Why don't we get into a little bit of hot? We'll save the sends here until after the break. Okay. I did want to ask you Can if you... I, well, go I, ahead. Well, hit, I, you, know, you hit me then, man. Go I, ahead. Yeah, like yeah. I get to ask questions too. Um, the Leafs have just said this afternoon... Go fuck yourself. Okay, you can have the Adam Copeland one and I'll have the Christian one. And so we'll know Who's when you play it. Who? Yeah. When you play it, yeah. folks, if it's Adam Copeland Edge, it's Matt telling me. And yes. when I when we play the Christian one, it's me telling Matt. Right. Okay. Okay. That'll work. That's a good deal. Yeah. Until there's a third person that says it, and then they're talking to both of us. Yes, of course. Or we're both talking to them. I'm not right. Sure. <laughs> but the Leafs have just announced that uh, John Klingberg is having hip surgery. Okay. And he is out for the rest of the year. And I wish I had another button or something I could dance to. Yeah, see, <laughs> and this is what I was going to say. So I don't, I've always been like blasted everywhere that I've been and on the station the and fans and, and other hosts that sometimes it's okay as long as somebody is not permanently injured. Yeah, he's not been in a horrible car it, wreck or something. But it's okay. Like, hey, if you told me that, Jalen Hurts right. banged up his knee and he's going to be out for four months right. and he's not going to play for the rest of the year. Woohoo! I hope that guy makes a full recovery and I'm going to love the hell out of his cap space, right? Like, it's sort of where I'm at here. Yeah, no, but with Jalen Hurts, it's like, I'm a Cowboys guy. I don't need that guy playing. No, like, I, I understand. I'm and, talking John Klingberg. Yeah, right? like, but, and it's okay. This Maple Leaf fans all over the place are going to be doing a dance because they're already saying this afternoon... We're exploring trade routes to yep. find another defenseman yep. with his four point five million dollar cap hit that they is now on the shelf that they can use. Right? <laughs> Come on. And that shouldn't be that you're cheering for one of your guys to get hurt. No, he was already hurt. I'm cheering to have his cap space. Okay. He's not in my lineup anyway, so let me do something with his space. And so 
That's what I'm saying. It's okay. As long as John Klingberg or anybody else, I wish no ill will on, like, it actually bothered me when Durant got hurt and um, it looked like it was really serious and, and in, in the finals and against the Raptors. Um, I don't like to see anybody that has their time taken away in a very short professional sports world. Right. But in saying that, it's the middle of December, the first week of December, and the football season goes two more months. If you told me that Jalen Hurts for the Philadelphia Eagles was going to be out two to three months and would make a full recovery and will be... That would be good news for Cowboys fans. Right. And if I'm happy about that, I used to get blasted. Blasted for people. You can't cheer for people to get hurt. And I'm like... I. I'm not cheering for him to get hurt. I didn't sit down on Sunday and say, God, I hope someone takes him out at the but, knee. But, right? when, like, but I, when news comes along, it's okay I for get me to, to be happy. to it. Yeah, it's okay for me to be happy about it as long what as he's not- What does this mean for my team? Seriously injured. Yep. Because nobody at the end of the year is going to say, well, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl for the first time in, in 30 years, oh, but Jalen Hurts was hurt. I don't give a crap. Right. Do you give a crap that when the Raptors won- that Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant and all of those guys were out? I do not. No. The Raptors won a goddamn championship. It was incredible. So for John Klingberg, the fact that you'll get $4.5 million. So the, the, the thing that a lot of Sens fans listening to this will be saying is that this is shenanigans. This is cap space. This is what the Leafs do. This shenanigans? Yeah. The Leafs love to send people off to Robita Island to erase their mistakes. And love stuff on Robotov. Yeah. And I, I, I sort of understand the optics, but any even basic look at the Leafs LTIR situation tells a very different story. Last year, when Matt Murray missed most of the season at the time, he had like a 930 save percentage. He was playing well and had the number one job for Toronto. Mm-hmm. They didn't want that guy to disappear at that moment. Jake Muzzin who is still on LTIR, say what you want about Morgan Riley, and I like Riley more than most people do, Muzzin was their best two-way defenseman. They did not want Jake Muzzin disappearing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Timothy Liljegren, just getting ready to come off LTIR here in the next couple of weeks. They They did not want that guy to disappear. And John Klingberg, regardless of what you think of him, I didn't like the signing, But once he was here, you're like, God, I just, I hope it works, right? Because now he's our problem. And it didn't. And it didn't work in Anaheim and it didn't work in Minnesota. So I sort of understand the idea that, oh, they're making one of their worst problems disappear. But you're, you might be able to twist the arm of Joffrey Lupul at the end of his career to go, just stay down, right? Like maybe you can do that to Stefan Robida. Yeah. John Klingberg is not agreeing to have surgery. Hip surgery. Right. That will not just take him out for the rest of this year, but any chance he has it coming back next year is at like 850 or a PTO. He's going to have to, not only because of the poor play he showed at the beginning of the season, but now he's coming off hip surgery. Well, and it, the this poor play might have been because of the hip. I don't know. I, but it, I'm sure it had something to do with it. But right? regardless, as you said, you don't just come off hip surgery. No. We'll see what Patrick Kane right. got left. But... That's also one of the greatest talents in the world. But we've Patrick seen Ed Kane. Jovanovsky have that surgery and not make it. Be- played like four games when oh, I can't Nicholas. do it. We saw Nicholas Backstrom have that surgery, come back, can't do it. Like, it's hard. 
It's so this isn't them telling Klingberg with a wink and a nod. I mean, you just go see what's happening over there in no. the Swedish okay. elite. And I don't even think away. we need this to. This is legit. I don't think we need to go down this road even further because it is legit, and it's just that's what it is. The guy is going to be recovering five or six months. They're saying now yeah. before he can even start skating again. Folks, I don't care what you think about some cap situation. Dude's career is hanging on by a thread. Yeah. He didn't agree to this to do the Leafs a cap favor. No, in the <laughs> NHL, his his professional future is hanging by a thread yeah. to think that he could come back and be productive after having hip surgery. Right. This is nothing. So, okay. So Klingberg's hurt. They're going to have hip surgery. Hopefully he's okay. And I mean that sincerely. Like 100%, you don't man. wish. You don't wish a guy, even if you're a Leaf fan, you don't no. wish a guy's career is pretty much over for but the right sake now, that we you don't get ha- to save $4 million. Yeah, we don't have him. John Klingberg and we don't have his cap space. Now at least we have the cap space. I get to admit that that's a positive for the team. Of I get to say is. that. You can, yeah. you can be happy. Right. I hope Klingberg makes a full recovery and I'd love to see a redemption story of him coming sure, back. That'd be great. But for Somewhere Leaf else. fans, $4 million right now? That can help. That's... Going out to get a D that actually can play for you, yes, and like log some minutes and make your team better, yeah. yeah. Well, they're already exploring all kinds of different. Ap- the big tr- name tr- everyone talks about is Chris Tanev, right out of Calgary. We'll see. Uh, they've already moved on from Zadorov. Elliot Friedman reported on on yeah. Saturday the Leafs tried to get both uh, in a trade, but they couldn't make sense of what is the price of the retention on two because the Leafs needed. Right. Calgary to eat half on both Chris Tanev and Nikita Dezor- uh, Dezor- Zadorov, <laughs> and they couldn't figure out what that was worth. Even beyond, okay, here's the trade for the actual players. Here's 50% retention on two guys. That was tough to work out, whereas Vancouver said, we'll take Zadorov and we'll take his full contract. Yeah. Psh, easy peasy, off you Done. go. Uh, I Actually, I didn't know this, but I just found your um, fake Twitter account. Mm. I have several burners. Yeah. yeah. So your burner yes. that is ah yes the Leafs. It's at <laughs> at Leafs all day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That does sound like my account. Yeah. Well, Eleven minutes ago, I saw you on your phone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Huge shout out to Klingberg who volunteered to break his own hip so that we could use his LTIR money. He joins a growing list of Toronto Maple Leaf players who have purposely injured themselves <laughs> so the Leafs can circumvent the cap. Team guy. Good in the room. I didn't realize. The operating room. I, fa- I found your. <laughs> yeah, that's me, man. Found your burner. Um, yeah. So all of that other rhetoric and talk is, is stupid for the Leafs who continue to show the heart and dedication. Can you, the best call in the world, I, I just can't get enough, is that Joe Bowen call at the Bless end. Bless you, boys. No, oh. no, no. Ten, 2002. Yeah. They're playing. Okay. You talk about heart oh, yeah. and dedication and perseverance. This is unbelievable. Into the slot. Cabaret doesn't shoot it. Now he does. Close fucking butt down and there by Lee McCarr. McCarr. McCarr with 28.8 seconds left. The Leafs have tied the game. Don't tell me about heart and dedication and resilience. This is unbelievable. When they tied the game with Carolina. I've never been this proud in my entire life. Yeah. And then, now, we used to use that clip in the opening. And then Jeff O'Neill scored in overtime and yeah. you, no, you uh, lost? We lost. Yeah. But I thought it was somebody more like 
Nick Willeen or some noise. Oh, was like it that. Nick yeah, Willeen? I think so. Who cares? It was a Carolina hurricane that scored after you thought that this was the greatest Miraculous moment in comeback. history. Yeah. Now, we used to use oh, that clip, and I'll amazing. drop it in here for the good listener. Just the way the radio sounds and the way he's pronounced it, instead of saying, I've never been as proud, this proud of my entire life, he sounds a little hammered, and it sounds like he's saying, I've never been this plowed in my entire life. Oh, good. And we used to use that clip all the time to open the show because it was perfect. But uh, I've never been this plowed in my yeah. entire life. So every time you don't think I have a story about something, uh-huh. how about me throwing Joe Bowen out of a minor <laughs> hockey league game? Oh, no. When I was a referee and he was a coach. <laughs> okay. And Now, did you have one arm? In a cast, to be able to yeah, hold it yeah, up yeah, in the yeah. air. <laughs> um, so this actually happened, and my favorite or least favorite part of this story. So Joe Bowen was everything. You knew who Joe Bowen was, yeah. and he was being, quite frankly, an ass. Okay, behind the bench, right, of the minor hockey league team. Yeah, and as a young person who's like in his, I, I can't remember how old I was. I was, I was a Referee kind of moved up the ranks pretty quick, doing some AAA games. And I I can't remember how old I was, but right. teens. Yeah. You knew that that was Joe Bowen. And the last thing in the world that you ever want to do, like, I'm intimidated. I admit, there was a couple games. This is a guy in the hockey world who people know. I'm a schlub teenage hockey He calls ref. the Leaf games that are on TV and yeah. on the rate. Like, everyone knows who he is. I was intimidated twice when I was a referee. Uh, one was Joe Bowen and one was David Branch. Yeah, that's fair. Who was president the, of the OHL. Yeah. And coach of the Whitby whoever's. And I'm, oh my God, Dave Branch is the Wildcats. Dave Branch is behind the bench and I got to <laughs> ref this game. But, but he was being so bad. It was almost this like direct Bowen or, or Bowen, Branch. Yeah, Bowen. Okay. I can take advantage of anyone who's out there because they know who I am. Right. Finally, it got to a point where I just consulted with, you know, the other referees on the ice and it's like, we, we just can't let this go on. We get in trouble for it. We get in trouble for it, but we got to remove him. So we removed him. Never talked talk to him. Like he didn't know who I was or whatever. Right. So get into the business. And one day I tell Dean Brown. Oh. <laughs> and we're in the press box. Mm-hmm. And the Leafs happen to be in town. And the Leafs are in town. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, Joe, he's he's the best. Yeah. Like, oh, we got to tell him this story. It, it'll be so hilarious. So literally, Dean drags me over, and I'm like, oh, my God. He's not going to find this hilarious. I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm a young reporter, you know, like just he does not know who I am. I'm trying to make it, and Dean's going to drag me over here, and this is what. Strike one against someone right. in the business. This is right. what's going to happen. Yeah. And so, uh, but what am I going to do? Dean's on his way and he's like, you're coming with me. We're, we're having this discussion. Right. Okay. So we're in the press box by the popcorn and Dean's like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And Joe Bowen looks right at me. He's like, that never happened. Oh. I'm like, what do I do here? Do I get into an argument with Joe Bowen in oh, the press must box? Have been someone else who looked just In like the press me. box? Yeah. Like, I know what happened. You know what I mean? Like, this is not a, <laughs> I'm guessing whether it happened. I was there. It was a traumatic experience in my life. I remember so many details about it. But am I going to then, as a young reporter, am I going to get into a, 
no, no, Joe, I threw you out. Yeah. And then Dean's going to stand there. And now I'm going to have an it's argument. Gonna be terrible with everybody. For no, everybody. there's, there's going to be three people there. Yeah. A young reporter and Dean Brown and Joe Bowen, two of the greatest announcers yep. in the history of the National Hockey League. Yeah. And I'm going to get into an <laughs> argument. And I'm, I forget what, but I did just sort of, well, I. I must have mistook you yeah, for someone else. Yeah, mistaken, Joe. whatever. And I did go back and tell Dean yeah. that, Dean, I swear to you on my life. Like, why would I tell you this story? Right. Why, what, what would give me the impotence? Because I didn't think you're going to drag me over. Why would I tell you that oh, all these years ago, I threw Joe Bowen out of a minor hockey league game when he was the coach of the Markham Waxers? Like, <laughs> why, why would I do that if it wasn't true? But Joe Bowen just didn't, said it wasn't true. Didn't want to be a good sport about apparently, it. Didn't want to own up apparently, to it. Apparently has said that in a number of occasions that it wasn't him and it wasn't this, but he had quite the temper hmm. um, as a minor hockey league. Not that other people didn't, yeah. but man, it was so <laughs> traumatic for me to throw that guy out. So I stopped throwing people. That was one of the reasons why I stopped throwing people out. I, I didn't throw people out. I got to tell you this story though real quick because yeah. the best thing I ever did in refereeing was, and I had some weird crap happen to me. Like all, oh, it's just brutal, 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 brutal. I'm sure it still happens today. <laughs> I had somebody, uh, a parent wait outside the room with a skate. Oh my God. In their hand. And, Happy Gilmore? Um, the only guy who ever take off a skate and try yeah, to stab someone. But the game got, the game got, after the second period, they were flooding and the game got canceled and the cops came and like. Good Lord. Yeah. And I was so like, I was very fortunate that the whole head of the league was there that night. So it was like, just stay in the room. Just don't come out of the room uh, with me These and the other guys. traumatic experiences, man. With me and the other guys. But so I stopped throwing coaches out of the game because you know what I do? I don't know if this is an ass thing to do or not. Maybe you can tell me. Mm-hmm. I'll be happy to. You usually are. Yeah. I started giving um, bench minors <laughs> and no matter what a coach would do, no, like, unless it was so bad that, but you could do almost anything to me and my refereeing crew. No problem. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. And when the parents are sitting in the crowd, they're so mad at you, right? But at some point when their team is playing three on five. Yeah. The for anger the, turns for to the, the entire game <laughs> and their son yeah, it or, doesn't kill. or daughter is not playing yep. and you keep getting scored on and you keep getting two-minute penalties because you keep yelling at kids that are refereeing on the ice. Some of the parents are like, hey, coach, why don't you shut don't the you bleep shut up? up? Instead of, and the parents would get mad at the coach, they would turn their anger from, they, they would get mad sure. at the referees initially. But I, all I would say to them is, just be quiet. Like, stop yelling and stop trying to make us look like an ass, and I will stop giving you bench minor penalties. It's a deal. But if you can't shut up, unfortunately, your kids are going to pay for it, and your parents are going to pay for it. And if you want to be that guy, go right ahead. Keep going. And sometimes you had to make an example. I remember one team gave up, like, four goals, five goals, because they were three on five for a whole period. It's like, all right, well, you're not going to get it. Is that a good move? Yeah. Okay. Because at that point, a coach gets thrown out of a game. He's pissed. He can yell a little bit. He goes back and he carries on with his. No, now now you're punishing the team. Right. Now your continued belligerence, yelling at teenagers, refing these games, Mm -hmm. is screwing over little Jimmy and And I hated screwing over little Jimmy or Johnny myself. Yeah. But 
it no, wasn't the coach needed. can stop it at any time. Right. That was my point. Yeah. The coach could stop it. I also got a Cracker Jack box thrown at me <laughs> one time. Um, any waffles? No, a Cracker Jack box though was so funny to me. Like I wasn't mad at all. They threw the Cracker Jack box and it gets halfway across the rink and I go and pick it up and I, I bring it back because <laughs> that was a pretty good, like I want to talk to the coaches and see why you're so angry. And so I bring it back. And they ask me if I got my referee's credentials in a Cracker, in a cracker Jack box. I started laughing. I'm like, that's actually really funny. I'm going to have to kick you out because yeah. you you brought the Cracker Jack box to the bench. Yeah, you brought props. You, you brought this <laughs> and the first bad call or something that you, yeah. you were going to do this. Yeah. So that's why I'm this throwing. This was premeditated. Yeah, that's why I'm going to throw you out. But I actually think it's hilarious. <laughs> we'll laugh together after the game. Right. Like it's really, Your night is done. It's really funny, yeah. but because you brought this on purpose before any bad calls were made, yeah. Like, yeah. you didn't just have a Cracker Jack box full, unopened, ask me to open it and that's where I got my license. Like, come on. That's your- You didn't happen to just have- Premeditation yeah. is going to get you kicked out, but it was really funny. Uh. It's a lot of talk about Klingberg po- potential bad calls. A good call right now would be to grab another beer. Yes. So let's do that. Let's go. Bless you boys. Unbelievable. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. All right. Let's get back into her here. And uh, with a new beer each, I'm going back to, uh, to my craft beer advent calendar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it is the sixth today. That's yeah. Yes. Uh, what a life when you don't know what day it is. Honest to God. And it says December 6th right here on the can. So um, this is from the Vimy Brewing Company. Okay. This is their Northeast IPA, which I love. But I said to Rob on Sunday when he was in here, and that would have been uh, episode or December 3rd. Okay. And we had something from Whippersnapper. Mm-hmm. And I kind of said, you know, I like Whippersnapper beers just like I like Vimy beers. But one of the great things about the calendar is it, it produces some new stuff to talk about for the podcast, unless every recording day falls on days from breweries that you've already recently had. Like mm-hmm. I've had Vimy on the show probably six, eight times since September because I had put in a big order from there, saved some stuff around there. Whippersnapper I made an order from, plus uh, our buddy Ian from the brewery has been in here a couple times. And so while I enjoy those beers, you sort of wish they would fall in between Shows just to keep it fresh yep. for the listener, right? And so here we are today, uh, December 6th. It lands on Vimy Brewing Company, who I've talked about a bunch of times. I like their stuff. In fact, not just this brewery, this beer I've recently drank on the podcast. Like I said, it's their Northeast IPA. It is a fantastic beer uh, coming in at 6.0%. And uh, I can tell the good listener that uh, you're about to lean into the same thing as you went through the fridge that... Uh, we got a little repeat happening, but sometimes when the stuff's that good, what are you going to do, right? You got to well, keep drinking it. As you said, so I'm headed off to try a whole bunch of new beers and drinks and all kinds of things oh, in, nice. in the next couple of months. Yeah. But this is one of the favorite that I've had since I've started coming here. Mm-hmm. And I always try and bring you, I had a couple, you kind of told me, uh, lay off, don't, yes. br- don't bring any, um, well, because I knew I had the calendar one. and I know. Yeah. I listened to you, which yeah. I shouldn't have done, well, but I, I had a couple that I I don't think I'm going to be able to 
get through before he leaves? No, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to keep oh. until I get home to bring them in. So that's all right. Man. But one was there's a couple from Kitchissippi before I get into this. Yeah. So there's a carrot cake spiced brown ale. Oh wow. And a chocolate raspberry sweet stout. Oh my goodness. Next time you think about not telling me not to bring something, yeah, uh, don't. Okay, yeah. Rookie mistake. I was trying to listen to you and be respectful. I appreciate and I, that, honestly. I, I anyway, and I should have brought I, I them didn't anyway. Count on you listening, so. I know, but I should. I, I should have <laughs> just brought them. Um, so what do you got today? But they're very interesting. And I'm going back to one of the the favorite ones: a Maple Cabin Maple Ale from OBC. Uh, Great beer. I expect it to hit me in the face again. Yes, with the maple. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I wanted to, and it did. It did. It's an awesome beer. So, uh, I wanted to ask you quickly. We we used the clip just before we started the show coming in with the the music. If you had seen John Tortorella's press conference from Saturday, talking about balls. Yep. Yeah. Um, he was asked, you know, what it is. Is it just you know sticking with the plan or or whatever that allows you with the Philadelphia Flyers to to get through some of these games and overperform, which they have done. The Flyers have been better than I think people expected this yep. year. Uh, and here's what he had to say, the uh, the full quote. No, we win the game because we've got balls. Yeah. We do. We we do stupid stuff. We don't make some plays sometimes. Um, lose sight of certain momentums in the games. Uh, a number of things we have to work on and try to get consistent at. But one thing we do have is balls. It's... it's <laughs> Fairly backhanded. We stink at just about everything else, but but we got balls. Actually, I think my favorite part of that clip, if you really listen, is the reporter agreeing with him. Like, we yeah. got balls. Yeah. 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 No, we win the game because we got balls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Torts is so casual. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, no, we win the game because we got balls. Yeah. We do. It's such a weird fucking thing to... I know, but I think if you're a reporter, sometimes you're almost yeah. saying yeah so that he finishes up a thought so you can get to something else. It's a else. weird thing to it's like, nod yeah. along to. I agree, you got I balls. I know, but you're in a scrum <laughs> and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. This is you towards being you, but I got something else to get to. Yeah. That kind of what it feels like to me. It's not like the guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. have balls. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think that's happening. No, we win the game because we got balls. Yeah. No, but look... Yeah. Torts is a fantastic quote, and um, I, look, he's, he made a lot of, because he likes to be in the spotlight sometimes, even when he says that he doesn't, he does. Oh, yeah. But I do listen to, I can't believe I'm going to say something nice about this person, Um, Todd White, who I know very well, I would consider a friend of mine, said it's the greatest coach he's ever played for. Played for a lot of coaches. Like there's a lot of guys who feel that way. There's right. not many guys who have but you who are him, indifferent to torts. Yeah, but they love them or they. But hate when them. you ask them why, the answers are very simple. Because you always know where you stand. Yeah. And when you play well, you get rewarded. And when you don't, whether you think it's harsh or not, you know where you stand, and you know you need to get better. Right. And there are people that appreciate that. About I know exactly where I stand, yep. and if I'm not playing well enough, yeah, I'm going to hear about it, but I'll know it from actions, and then I'll know through actions if I'm playing well because I'll get more ice time. Right, that's how he coaches. 
But I think when you hear that in in media speak, that's actually quite a compliment to his team. To because me it's, it's tragically old school. Like instead of just saying our penalty kill needs some work, was like, well, just try harder, goddammit. it. No, got bigger balls than that. No, but, yeah, good for you. I, no, let's see. I don't look at it that way at all. I, if I'm a player for torts, I'm thinking after hearing that, well, he's right. We don't do a lot of things well. We do screw up in some different areas and we need to work on those areas. But if he believes that we have guts and like we're going to, when it matters the most, we're going to be there because we care. Right. That makes me care more. That the coach believes it, that makes me care more. And I know we need to work on it. it doesn't, it's not insulting to say that we do stupid things and because every team's not perfect and every team's got things to work on and you have to have. It just starts so nice, right? It's a compliment and then here's a thousand things I don't like and then wrap up with that same compliment. Yeah. Like he ends it with. It's one thing we do have is balls. You're like, yeah, it's good a, for you, man. Like, it's a crappy sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crappy sandwich. Right. But, what, but what on you, the crappy sandwich, you have the, the good and then a whole bunch of bad and then the good again. If you like the bread, if you ever go down to a Sherwood Deli. Do you think maybe he's just looked through their phones? Is that the have you ever been to Sherwood it? Deli? The no. one down at, at no, Sherwood and Carling? Just blown by that, eh? All right. Yeah, I am. I sometimes, people do that with me all the time. They okay. just blow by stuff and yeah. you do it all the time. So I do it to you. Yeah. So if you go and get a sandwich from there, almost every sandwich is great. Mm-hmm. There are a couple that I've tried that that's not the best. But you know why I continue to go back? Because their staples are incredible, but they use egg bread. So they're the only place that makes sandwiches that I know of that uses fresh egg bread every day. And no matter what's in the middle of that crappy sandwich one day or another (laughs) where I decide to get corned beef and it's not good, you know what's good? The egg bread. The beginning and the end. Good for John Tortorella. Uh, torts and his balls. Yeah. Uh, I like it. I just, well, this wasn't on the agenda. I don't even know if you looked at the agenda this week. Uh, it was pretty bare, to be honest with you. But last night. When are you getting to Jacques? Yeah. It, it, okay. You know what? When Hiring you, a senior advisor when, no, no, to the no, coaching staff and hosting a press conference about it is a little over the top. We'll get to it in the order of which it's relevant. I want to ask oh, you. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you going to get to something more relevant? I am. I'm going to ask your you show? about the Columbus Blue Jackets here for a second. And I just wonder what you think of the job that Pascal Vincent is doing. And neither one of us is watching a ton of Columbus Blue Jackets. I actually games. watch more than I think because Todd White, who I just mentioned, is, yes. is a scout. Okay. On Tuesday night. David Juracek. I watched them so I can point bad things out, but Ken Johnston. Yeah. And Adam Fantilli all played under eight minutes. Yeah. Just in a general sense, mm-hmm. do you have a good, like they just called Kent Johnson back up because he was dominating the AHL. And I sort of understood, or at least my opinion was they had sent him down to get him away from the mess that had been surrounding the Blue Jackets. They called him back up because he's far too good for that league. Yeah. But their season is over. Like, what are you doing by not playing the kids? Like, that, that's the whole focus of this team for the rest of the season, shouldn't so, it be? So when you say that I don't watch I don't. I'm not accusing you. I'm saying in a general sense, we don't watch I a know, lot of season. I know you're not, but yeah. I'm saying I don't, game to game, I don't necessarily look at, like I do with the Sens and a couple of, but I don't with Columbus say like the ice times. So I saw it on. Uh, is this a consistent thing? Because, no, no. Because the one thing I would say uh, that, 
if I'm a coach, God, I would, and I'm going to take this as much as I can back to the sense at any point I can. <laughs> so I wish DJ Smith had done this two, three years ago when guys aren't necessarily playing well. The only way you can tell them that they're not playing well is through ice time. No, it doesn't matter what you say to them before or after. It doesn't matter on practice days. What matters is ice time in big moments. So if those ice times are a result of those players going out, were told something about what he would like them to do, and they are not executing that. Do you think they made that decision like four minutes into the first period? Like, how do you end up on pace for... Like, this wasn't they played two periods and got benched in the third for playing poorly. They, he just didn't play them in this game. I, 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 I understand the idea that if it's one game, the weapon that a coach has is ice time. And that's, if, at this point, the if, only if weapon. If it's one has. game, I have zero problem. I don't care because I'm not in the room. all three of them I'm not in the room. had terrible games all at the same time. I'm not in the room. As opposed to him riding his veterans trying to win a game. I'll give the coach the benefit of the doubt. But yeah. what can't happen is that consistently. Consistently, they cannot play seven, eight minutes a game. Yeah, these and are your so, guys. These are your future. This is all you have if you're Columbus Blue. So Jets. if this is done through, hey, I'm asking them to do something. Maybe they didn't do it practice. Maybe they came in late to something, and it's a way of punishment. You sometimes that you find out the reasons why are nothing to what they appear. So I try as much as I can to give the benefit of the doubt to not being inside of a room. When it happens once. Okay, so let's just say six out of the next eight games, all three of those guys play under 12 minutes. Is that a problem? Major. Yeah. So like fire the coach problem. Yeah. Because that's all this team has left is to build these guys up. But I do, I'm trying to look at this objectively because DJ Smith should have done this with Brady and Tim and Josh and Drake and all of these guys. He didn't do it with them and it didn't matter. That's why they like him so much now. Yeah, but it didn't matter that (laughs) Debrinket and... And Batherson were like minus a thousand last year. They just went out every time there was a power play and every time, every second shift and they're playing 18 minutes. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. But two years ago, that should have happened with the young players. When they're young and they're coming in, that should happen when they're making mistakes because it's the only thing that the coach has. Yeah. Snap the leash a little bit here. So DJ Smith did not do that in order to try and be closer with them when it came time to winning, he could stick with them because they weren't going to turn on him. But he went too far. They didn't win. And now his time is like, I mean, it's ticking. Well, they've brought in someone to advise him. Jacques Martin, who uh, had a very long successful run here in Ottawa and has gone on to be successful in other places. He was actually GM and coach at different points in Florida, assistant coach in Pittsburgh as a Stanley Cup ring from there. But certainly his uh, he's most well known for what he did here in Ottawa. Yep. They rehire him as a senior advisor yep. to the coaching staff. And look, it, it's relevant. It's... No, it's, it's more relevant than you're giving it credit for because this guy was the host most a press conference. No, this guy was the most successful coach in, and in the history of the team. I understand that if it's anyone but him, then you don't host a press conference. Maybe. But here it is, it's Jacques Martin and things aren't most going that great, so let's get his face back out there. Most successful We're doing coach. things. We're not doing the thing that Who's the most wants. successful coach in least history? Pat, oh god, Pat, I don't know, Con Smythe. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, the late great Pat Burns. 
Sure. Like Pac, Pac Quinn had a couple of pretty Pac good wins. The like Pat Shimlock. Right. Like we got to go back a ways. But the pro, like if Pat Quinn or Pat Burns were alive today, and the Leafs rehired Pat Quinn or Pat Burns to be a senior advisor, there'd be a goddamn press conference. And you'd be happy about it. No, I wouldn't. So you, you would. I wouldn't. It's the same hold thing. Hold on, hold on, hold Let's start here. If the Sens turned around tomorrow and fired Jack Capuano and brought in a new assistant coach, would you give him a press conference? If or it would depend on the name. If it were Jacques Martin, I would. Yeah. He's the most successful yeah. coach in their history. I just think you cut Period. the knees out from under your coach a little bit. The more you keep talking up the coach's advisor or the no. assistant Okay, coach. but let's get it straight. The coach's knees are almost already cut. Yeah. And if the coach doesn't start winning goddamn hockey games, yeah. then he's going then to what? be fired anyway. No, he's not. <laughs> By all accounts, he's just going to get to run out the year again. No, he's not. Well, we'll that, see. That's, There's, that's did not you not true. see Michael Landlauer's comments out at the Board of Governors oh, meetings? Oh, because what they say oh, stop. and what they, they do. They have had multiple opportunities with big long breaks coming off, big brutal losses yes, to make have. a change, and they haven't done it. And you want to bet if they lose six in a row that they're going to fire well, DJ Smith? It'll be over. Who cares at that point? What do you mean? The future of the team. You don't care because you're not a Sens fan. Sens fans care. You're not a Sens fan. No, but <laughs> the future. I care you keep about the, me with that. I care about the people who care about the team. And oh. the people who care about the team deserve something to be excited My for. point, which is quite reasonable, is that had you done oh, it earlier, you, you tell done it earlier it might the not season might have been salvageable. I in agree your with scenario, no, they've lost six in a row and now the season is over no, and now we'll do it. Because we are if gonna, they lose six in a row, the season's We are going to harken back. Get your head around that. We are going to harken back. If they lose six in a row from where they are right now, the season is over, new uh, coach or not. Yes. Yeah. But we're going to harken back to they should have fired DJ Smith earlier. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it. We agree on that. Okay, you and I are on the same page, but what they're doing now. I have to reevaluate my page. <laughs> reevaluate the book. Um, so we're on the same page. There is no like we think differently about this. They should have fired him before. They didn't. Season's probably over anyway. If they lose six in a row, of course it's over. But I don't care as much. I care about the future of the team. I care about the fans and the excitement level. Of what? But this is clearly nothing more than a PR move. Here's no, a face from I, a better time. Get him out there. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Um, I don't think you bring in somebody as a quick PR move to... No, no, no. Not the hiring. The press conference. No. I don't think you bring... Stop with the press conference. If they hired... Well, that's the thing you're arguing with me over. Well, I know, and you're so wrong. Stop. No, <laughs> no, but the, you're just wrong. Jacques Martin has been around long enough. That is one of the is most the head coach. Is one of the most respected people. That's worth a press conference. It's one of the most respected people in hockey, man. and the most successful coach in their history. And I history. said, if, if he, it had been anyone but him, you wouldn't have probably done the press conference, which says all it needs to say about the position. He's going to be a part of the team moving forward, and the most successful person in their history. All right. So what do you expect his role to be? I expect his role to be exactly what they say. I think they actually want to give DJ a chance, but what's happening? He's had a chance or two. No, but what's happening right now is that all of DJ's allies are starting to go. And the, the world around DJ Smith is becoming, they're not his people, No, his guys. I think they just hired a knife over his head. Okay. You can call it what you want. 
And I, I'm not sure they would drop Jacques Martin back into that job, but he is another person who is not part of DJ's crew. But don't you think that's a good thing? Yes, I think anything that takes power away from DJ right now would be a good thing. I would agree. DJ is supposed to be the head coach and the guy who's supposed to lead the team. On DJ's the, about to become John Schneider. On the ice, back. Yeah, but that's okay to me. Like, I don't think the head coach should be given all of this power. And if you feel like... It wasn't okay with you when it was John Schneider. What's that? You you had problems with Ross Atkins and and this predetermined way of running games and whatever. To me, that's what's if you're about comparing to Ross Atkins to Jacques Martin with the knowledge. I'm talking about one guy who is just sent out there as the puppet master while everything else happens behind. No, the he's scenes. not the John Schneider was the puppet master and had to do what he had was the to puppet, not the puppet master. He was the puppet. Yes. Yes. DJ Thank you for is looking me. more and more like the puppet at this point. They're not firing no, him, but they're going to have no, because I don't everyone think, else around him. I don't him. think he... John Schneider, unfortunately, was the yes guy in that whole hierarchy of Blue Jays and the organization. And you're, you're getting the job, John, because you are the yes guy. And you better fall in line or you, you'll just be gone. DJ's not that guy. DJ now is not necessarily having the resources around him to feel kind of comfortable and safe that if he doesn't win now, he's going to be gone. But if he doesn't win now, he's going to be gone anyway. So he shouldn't be looking at it like there's a knife or that Jacques Martin or Daniel Alfredson. He has had ample opportunity to try and win. And it doesn't matter if the GM is gone or his allies are gone, if he doesn't win, his career in Ottawa is over. Period. I don't care if well, so Pierre me, Dorian was still the let GM. Let me ask you that. As someone who's been here covering this team since Jacques Martin was the head coach, mm-hmm. if they had just today or at any point fired DJ yeah. and brought in Jacques Martin yes. as the new head coach, yeah. would you have viewed that as a good stabilizer here as or is his Despite all his knowledge, like there comes a point where your day is maybe past. Like, would that have been a suitable replacement in your mind? It's a really good question because I don't think long term that Jacques Martin is the answer. No. But I do think the knowledge that Jacques Martin can bring and the help that he can bring is invaluable. I, I respect him so much for. What if he was the interim guy? You fired DJ today, hired Jacques Martin as the yeah. head coach for the rest of this year to yeah. stabilize things. And then when you've brought in your new GM, you hire your long term head coach. I would like it better, but I'm not sure you'd get to the end goal yeah. any differently. Okay. Like, I don't think Jacques's the long term answer. No. So if you're hiring him as the interim to try and get a little juice. Or even just to implement a fucking system of yeah, some kind. But or then, but then I'm going to assume. But I'm going to assume that if you implement a system with Jacques Martin and he's not your long-term guy, then another system is going to be implemented after that. I would just like these guys to learn to play a system because no, I don't think DJ has one for them. Like I, I so, can't disagree with you. Yeah. Um, but the whole point is that I think Jacques is not. You asked me the question whether Jacques should be the interim coach. I don't think so because I don't think he's the long-term answer. Right. And if I, I think he could really help. If he was given two or three years to work with the group, I think this team would be a whole lot better. But I'm not sure that he's the long-term answer for this team. So if he's not the long-term answer, he comes in, he implements a system, 
a new system that they have to try and learn. And then at the end of the year, they bring somebody else in that they have to learn right. their system. Right. I think you got to go out and find your guy. And if DJ Smith somehow pulls a rabbit out of his hat and and gets I, this I team. believe today, they're seven points back, but with four games in hand. Yeah. Maybe five. He'd have to really continue on what's happened here lately and, and just win a yeah, lot. Like three in a row, two in a row. The impressive, the win on Tuesday against the Rangers was pretty, pretty impressive. Full 60 minute. It was. Yeah. And especially with Shesterkin and Nett yeah. and, and, you know, Forsberg looked good. Yep. He looks like the type of guy, like you just ride him now for a bit. Like Forsberg is a guy who's kind of streaky, but when he gets hot, he's pretty good. You don't want to go well, back to Well, you need this. a goaltender to, to get hot. And yeah. I, I don't care about feelings or yeah. like, you just need games won right now. Like, like so, I, as we sit here on Wednesday, I don't think we've seen an announcement who's playing on Thursday against Toronto. It should be Forsberg. Forsberg. It should be Forsberg. If it's not, they're wrong. Is Corpus Allo back? I know he kind of got tweaked something. Uh, yeah, I believe no, it's fine. not too serious. Yeah, but okay. for, the answer is Forsberg anyway. Yeah. So like between what you just said about Corpus Allo and Forsberg, like there is no question. Forsberg yeah. played well. Corpus Allo is a little bit nicked up. Give him more time. Forsberg's hot. Yeah. You need a big win. Yeah. On th- on tonight, so I think long term, Jacques Martin can really help this team. And don't mistake for a minute that Jacques Martin is part of kind of the group to help with the way that he goes about things. But again, who do you think had a say in this? Do you think this was just Steve Steos? No, it's just Michael, Michael Anlauer. Yeah. Do you think Daniel Alfredson? Probably. Oh, I can guarantee you yeah. that Daniel Alfredson had a sure a, a part in this. And well, I haven't been here long enough to know what his relationship with Jacques was like. I assume it was fine, but I don't know if it was great or like they stayed in touch or anything like that. Yeah, I think very respected. Yeah. Okay. I, um, Daniel Alfredson liked to play both ends of the rink. It mattered to him. Yep. And Jacques Martin overcompensated in the early part of his career about playing in his own end and giving up a little bit of scoring right. along the way. And when it came down to they need goals in the playoffs, it didn't work. Um, yeah. But I think there's a lot of respect between those two guys. So what's happening around DJ Smith is like... It's closing in though. It's clo- Of course it is. Yeah. But it should be. Yes, it should. And so to me, there's no like controversy of like, Oh, there's a knife, and look at all the walls. They're closing in on DJ. I yeah, maybe knife is strong. I just mean, if I, DJ was to be fired tomorrow, you now have someone in the organization yeah. that if you needed to drop in for a couple months or the rest of the season, could quite capably do it. Yep. Your replacement is now in the house. But maybe... The call is coming from in the for house. For sure. <laughs> and I I always had fun with... Um, uh, I know this is a probably not a good example for some of your listeners, and I don't really even care about the CEBL or whatever it's called, but... <laughs> Um, but I do know James Darwin fairly well, coach of the University of Ottawa GGs, right? And now coach of the Ottawa Blackjacks, right? They hired James Darwin to be. And I would bring him on the radio and go, "Dude, I, I, I'm sorry, I I could look it up, but there's like a hundred words in your title, and I don't know what <laughs> what it is." But it literally was basketball analytics, strategic advancement of like, sure. Whatever. Yeah. And basketball dude is your title on this show. And it was like, (laughs) 
when I would talk to him off the air, it was like, James, they just hired you to be the next head coach. No, no, no. I'm like, no, come on. Like, they yeah. did. Yeah. Um, they made up a title for you, correct? And he's like, well, let's say made up a title. It's a new position and it's like blah, an blah, offensive blah. coordinator. I'm like, fine, J- James, you don't have to tell me. We're friends. Yeah. I don't. I don't care for you to tell me because I don't care about the league. <laughs> I, I, like, I don't. Like, I care about you as a human being, and yeah. I care about local products in Ottawa doing better. And I hope. I hope for Ottawa it succeeds. But who wins the CEBL championship? I do not give a crap. Right. Um. But I care about him. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, they just hired you to be the new head coach. And it seems like, at least from the outside, and call me a liar, that they made up a title so you could get there so that when the team's not doing well, they have somebody to put in. Mm-hmm. So it's the same scenario. If DJ fails. Well, fa- lots of teams have advisors. Like, that part doesn't No, but me. if DJ fails, like, yeah. let's say he goes on a six-game losing streak. Yeah. Jacques Martin will be the new head coach for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, I think that's right. I so, think that guy is now in your organization anyway. I don't think it's pl- plan A it's not. to drop him in there. But I agree. If, but break glass in case of emergency, we have this guy. Yes, because yeah. they didn't have a guy. No, they didn't. Before. No. To carry well, them Well, I through. guess in theory, if you wanted, Jack Capuano has been a head coach in the league before. Jack but Capuano that's much might be a worse coach than yep, DJ Smith. I think you're probably right about that. So, but he's been a head coach, so anyway, you could do it. But they hired Jacques Martin to help advise and give some thought to how the organization can improve. And he is so respected that I truly believe that that's why they hired him. But you're not wrong that if something goes awry here and DJ doesn't make it through the end of the year, Here's I, th- the guy. I think it's okay to have another guy. Look, your job as a professional head coach is to win. Mm-hmm. DJ Smith is on year, what, six? Five at least, yeah. So he hasn't won. No. I don't care who's around you. I don't care if nobody's in the organization or they just (laughs) hired 17 advisors. If you don't start winning like now, you're gone. That's it. I'd like to see Jacques Martin literally on the ice every day with Drake Batherson going, when the puck is at the point, you're here. When the puck's coming around the boards... But again, all, all reports all, like... all reports are that when he was in Belleville, I told you this before, when he was in Belleville and when he was in junior, that's exactly what the coaches would do. Every its own practice, they'd bring him over. Hey, you need to be here. Stand here. Yeah, you need to be here. And then he would go, Okay. Got it. I will do it. Come game Mwah. time. Come game time. He's not doing it. No. So the next day, Drake. We had this conversation <laughs> yeah. yesterday. Um, I'm gonna need you to try and Try again to do this. Right. Okay, coach. Got it. <laughs> Not going to do it. So, okay, that's kind of who he is. Yeah. You can get Jacques Martin, Daniel Alfredson. You can get a million people. If people don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. Right. So, Daniel Alfredson was on the bench in Sweden. Yeah. So, if he was in the bench in Ottawa against the Leafs and the Rangers, this would be a different story. Like, he was on two games. Oh, we're in Sweden. It's his, his thing. Sort of throw him They didn't have to put him on the no, bench. that's right. But they did. Did you like it? Loved it. Yeah. I don't, because to me, it doesn't, we're way past the point of, I don't care if DJ Smith feels pressure. Does it not feel a little like Drake rubbing Nick Nurse's shoulders in the NBA final? Like, could you, you're not really a part of this, could you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I don't care if DJ Smith or any, Jack Capuan or Davis Payne feel pressure. Yeah. 
They have, oh, I forgot about Davis Payne, another former head coach. The Ottawa's swimming in replacement you know, yeah, they're, options. They're, swi- <laughs> they're swimming in people. Uh, but that's the world of the NHL. People yeah. get recycled all over the place. 100%. Anyway, I just think this is a really good move. Boucher running my power play. <laughs> my power play. I love it. Was that the same? No, not the same. Well, it would have been the same like man advantage. Not a power play, but man advantage where they showed the heart and dedication to tie that game up against Boston and with like just seconds to go to have another game where they got a point. Yeah. I think that was amazing. Okay. Didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I'd rather have the point I'd than like, not. I'd like to see, love to see the goalie screw it up and Brad Marchand put it into an empty net with three seconds to go. That also made me happy. So I got a lot you of that You got Joseph game. Wall you're blaming for that. 11 shots against in a five-minute overtime and you're blaming Joe Wall for that loss. Did he screw it up at the end? No. Of course he did. Willie screwed it up at the end. Yeah, Stop it. Willie did It's too. three on three. Crazy shit happens. It was amazing. Flip of the coin. But I'm saying like the Leafs come back, get a point because I tell you that that's what they do. And you go, oh, they got problems and they got. They are they five have... and six in regulation. And you're telling me things are all okay. No, they have balls. Yeah. I, that's what I hear, man. I, I've, I've been told that a couple of times. One thing we do have is balls. Yeah. So good they, for them. They got them too. They got balls. All they do is fight, fight, fight. They get points. And that's the thing. Except Ryan Reeves. We'll have another. Yeah. <laughs> Not you, man. You're sitting on the bench we'll three minutes a, ice time. We'll have game. another discussion about, so the Leafs got, did they lose another one in overtime or, or shoot it after that or before that? Oh, probably a dozen before that. They, no, haven't, but, they haven't played since Saturday. Schedule's been weird. No, but them. before that, the last game before the Boston game. I honestly game, can't remember who they played um, on Thursday. I feel like they also got a point somehow. Yeah. Might've been the Panthers. I think that was... No, they, they got, won that one. Remember the, the, the Panthers two. thought they had won, but the goal got called the back. Whole, the whole point, though, yeah. that I'm trying to make is that we need to look at this and because I can tell you that players look at it this way. Just win, baby? No, it's, <laughs> it's not even wins. It's we need to get a certain amount of points in a certain window. And that's how they look at it. That's how coaches... Yeah, five game sets. That's how coaches present it to yeah. them. And so as long as they're on track to get, like if you lose two in overtime and you get two points in two games and it helps you get your seven points in. Yeah, that's all fine. Five it doesn't games. matter in the playoffs. I agree. And like in Boston, quite front or that Boston game, they all played Boston. Like I, they were fine in that game. Matt, that game was not I, I agree with you, but yeah. the way you and I look at it and the way, I'm just telling you the way they look at it. Yeah. That they go through these five or 10 game stretches you got to get this number of points. Yeah, and the points. It does. They could care less whether they win games or lose games. That's it's, not true. It's the, they it, want to win. These, no, these are athletes. They want to win. Okay, but I didn't mean it that way. I yeah. just meant that at the end of the five-game stretch, if they've accumulated seven points, and that's what their coach said to them, hey, we need seven points in the next five games. Yeah. What I'm saying is that they don't care how they get there. So if it's two losses or three losses in a shootout or overtime that allows them to only win two of those five games, they go two, two, and one, and they get their seven That's points. That's only five points, but... <laughs> two, oh, two, and one, whatever. Now you've added an extra column. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's actually what I meant. Two, oh, two, and one. Okay. So... If they get their seven points because they've actually lost three games in a shootout or overtime, and they've only won two of their last five in regulation, yeah, they don't care if they got to seven points. 
That's what I'm saying. How yeah. they get there? I don't is, think it, that's correct at all. I think a couple heartbreaking losses, but you get a point in overtime or whatever fucks you up. But that's an argument we've had. Not before. the regular season. They don't care. They don't care. Let me ask you. I just because I find this interesting, just in its coincidence. I'm not sure it means anything. But the Coyotes just wrapped up yep. a five-game stretch where they beat the last five Stanley Cup champions. Incredible. Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights, Tampa Bay Lightning, St. Louis Blues, and they had the last one, I believe, is against Washington, who they pumped like 6 nothing or something. Uh, Arizona on the come a little bit, perhaps with news to come, according to Elliot Freeman about a new arena. I, that We've seen that play a thousand times. But to me, the most interesting part of this isn't just that you beat the last five Stanley Cup champs in a row to give yourself a five-game win streak. How often has anyone ever had the chance to do it? That that's your schedule lines up, right? As the last five champs, the mathematics to set a record like this or the statistics or whatever you'd call it. The probability of yeah. that schedule happening again. And then you is winning like, them all. Yeah, it's like zero. It hasn't happened since it was an original six league when there was only five other teams now, to play. Now, I don't want to be come down too hard on you here. Okay. but you're going to take this away from no, me. No, I'm not because it's incredible. Like, yeah. I think that the coincidence and the problem. Again, I don't know if it means anything, but the it's kind probability, of fun. Yeah. My only kind of negative to this, because it's an impressive streak, it's a great stat. Yeah. How many other times have teams faced five in a row and just not been able to win those games and you never heard about it? Right. Because they didn't win the games. Right. So I don't know how many times that's actually happened. I'm guessing not that many. No. That it just happens those five teams line up in a row on yeah. your schedule. I'm guessing not For that, any team. Not yeah. that many. Yeah. But I'm also guessing it probably has happened a few times. Sure. And teams go three and two and you never hear about right. it. But the fact that it, it's not only the fact that it happened, but if if the Boston Bruins went and, and did it. Which they easily could have like last year when they just dummied everybody. Th- right. It would be, oh, cool stat, but you're an amazing team. Yeah. We're talking about this because it's Arizona. Right. No, I think that's right. And, and again, I'm not trying to chip away at it. To me, this is more fun than it is impressive because St. Louis and Washington – do not look anything like their Stanley Cup no. goodness rosters, right? Colorado's still legit. Tampa's, yeah, uh, Tampa's yeah, okay. not very good. Fair enough. But they're in between, let's say, Vegas, Colorado on one level, Tampa, and then St. Louis, Washington down. Like As you sort of step down the ladder of what's happened to these teams since they won the championship, I'm just looking at the number of, as you said and correctly pointed out, how many times does that yeah. Opportunity even presents itself on the schedule. It does. And then to actually do it as a fairly mediocre team yourself in Fair. Arizona. Yeah. They well, are. who's they've been better than I expected this year. Well, of course. Yeah. But Tampa's right now eleven wins and sixteen losses. That's not now, very good. That isn't very good. You're right. Now let me point what's, out what's their actual NHL yeah, record? They're eleven, ten, and five. Aha. Uh-huh. But so above Gary's five hundred. Right. <laughs> but if you just want to total it up of like, hey, they've played 26 games. Yeah, 11 wins. They've won 11 of them. That's not a great team. Now, they're fifth in their con- or in their division right now. Yeah. Um, they've played more games than almost, like, anybody. almost anybody else. But if you take even the Leafs, the yeah. Leafs are 12, 6, and 4. Yeah. And are 12 wins, 10 losses. 
but have only lost six of 22 in regulation. So you can take these stats and kind of manipulate them yeah. here, manipulate them there. The more impressive part to me is even if Tampa's mediocre, you got two really good teams, you got a, a average team, and then two not very good teams. Sure. The fact that an Arizona Coyotes team <laughs> that plays in a— The fact u- they won five in a row in a is amazing enough, yes. That— it feels like they're going to move from a university rank to like an outdoor pond for two years before they get an arena. Do you see the comments coming out oh, after God, yeah. after the board of governors? Yeah, I know. And uh, committed to the bit, man. Gary's point. They out, are committed. Oh no, this to is the about bit. this is about the Olympics. And Gary points out they haven't even started building the arena in Milan yet for the 2026 Olympics that the players all want to go to. And the number of people underneath who I, I thought fairly cleverly pointed out. Well, why don't you just indefinitely plan to play the Olympics in a college rink with no future plan to, to, for, to do anything better? So, yeah. Um, and, and comparing, they haven't, the fact that they haven't. It takes a while to build a no, rink. No, but the fact that they haven't started building the rink in Milan is not a good thing. And you shouldn't. That's his point, though. Yeah. Is you all want us to go to the Olympics. Can you promise us there will be somewhere we can play? Right. There's not hockey rinks up the ass in Milan, Italy. Like, but it doesn't gonna... do him any favors in the Phoenix area to no. go. No, everyone easily college... gets to point at his hypocrisy and. Yeah, you're, you're playing at a college rink, and you're literally going to play in an outdoor pond if you can't stay in that rink and until the a other ton rink of those is around Arizona. No, until the other rink is built. Yeah, it's going to take a long time to be able to do that. The more impressive part about this is the Arizona Coyotes in the middle of the regular season have beaten five teams in a row, and yes. included in that are Vegas and Colorado. Yes. Two of the top teams that they Connor are chasing. Ingram, lighten her up. He's on fire. Right? Yeah. Two of the teams that they need, like points against those teams are actually more valuable than just the two points because other teams that play those teams aren't getting two points when they play those teams. Yeah. Like when other teams have Vegas and Colorado lined up on their schedule, they're losing those games the majority of the time. Right. So... Well, Edmonton trying to climb back in. They're going to have to take some points off Colorado Correct. and yeah. Vegas to get past Arizona. And Arizona just took four of them. Yeah. So like, that's a major issue for Edmonton yes. because those four points that Arizona got there are more valuable than other points. But it's an impressive little stat for sure. And like I said, to me, it was more fun. It's more coincidental it than it is. And to just look at it and go... How did that even line up for you? And then you went and did it. Like yeah. everything about it's just kind of. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. I, I actually hope success for that team. Um, yeah. I'm just sick of hearing about them, right? They're they're just build it or fucking move. I'm tired. We do this. It was in 2009 we were doing the gym ball silly. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't think people in Arizona are sick and tired of hearing about Austin Matthews and the Leafs. Yeah. I they, don't think the people of Arizona are hearing a whole lot about that, to be honest with you. Well, they have the previous two years, and I can tell you they're not happy about it. The, the you, you think three people that live in you think Phoenix that care? Yeah, and that's my point. You think Arizona sports broadcasts are overrun with Toronto Maple Leaf highlights? That's probably not what's happening. Mm. University of uh, I think <laughs> I was going to say the no, University I, of Phoenix, no, but that's the only line. I, I would it? like. <laughs> I don't think they have a football. Calling team. them expats or people who have moved down there that used to live in Canada that a lot of people live in Phoenix. They go down there and they winter and they live there. What was the name of the guy who started the LA Kings? Something Cole. Oh. Anyway, he said, I thought it was a no brainer to start an NHL team here because of all the Canadians that moved to the area. Because what I found out is most of them moved because they didn't like hockey. <laughs> so, 
so giving them a team year. Yeah, it's still <laughs> I, I don't buy that. Um I actually think it's so weird that I, I concur with the National Hockey League on I think it can be successful there. They've just run it so poorly that it's they've done everything wrong in trying to build a team in Phoenix that they moved them to when I drove to the arena that to day. Canada. No, it's worse. When I drove to the arena in Glendale, I'm like, where the bleep are we going? <laughs> like, there's no way. Like, I thought Sunrise was far yeah. in Florida. Uh, people complain here. I get it. But it is, it's another world. Because you when you leave the Phoenix area, you're driving in desert. And it looks like there's nothing ahead for 100 miles. <laughs> And then all of a sudden- There's you, a hockey rink. <laughs> no, and then all of a sudden you pull up and there's this, it's literally in Glendale, like they just plop down this area of like, hey, you know what be cool? We're going to put- You're driving from Toronto to Coburg, we're gonna, there's nothing on the side of the highway until you get to this yeah. mall and restaurants yeah, and And then there's arena. like a bunch of bars, yes. there's the football stadium, the hockey rink, right. uh, a couple of hotels, <laughs> and then nothing. Yeah. Like just- but come on out, enjoy the game. <laughs> right. And you think that's how you're going to be successful? They've screwed it up, but I do think there's a good hockey market. I remember walking down the street in uh, Scottsdale, which is just north of Phoenix. It's like one of the – it's the Canada of, of – Yeah. Um, or the Rock Cliff or – Sure. Probably the Rock Cliff is a better example because it's the she-she rich area. <laughs> but I was walking down the street to Scottsdale and we were looking for a place to go out. And like very prominently, very prominently, home of the Detroit Red Wings, like Red Wings bar, want to come and see the Red Wings game, come here. Get another- Just north of of Phoenix. Yeah. But get another block up the street. Blackhawks bar. Same thing. Yeah. And Chicago, Detroit, huge. There's a Blackhawks bar. There is a, a Red Wings bar. There is a Bruins bar. Um, so people that love their hockey down there, they just haven't, it's like people who lived in Ottawa, they love Toronto or Montreal before Ottawa had a team. Yeah. And they said they'd never, ever, ever change. And they don't change their allegiance. It's their kids usually. Yeah. like That's but why this takes so long. It does. It takes 30, 40 years because- they don't change, but what they do do is say, ah, it's kind of cool to go to the game. Yeah. My kids are growing up and, you know, they're Sens fans oh, yeah. because their friends are And I are still Sens like fans. hockey. Right. So if Crosby was coming or a McDavid was coming. There's I, a lot of people that are neutral right. now about, like, even if you're a diehard Habs fan, I know diehard Habs fans that want their team to win so badly, but... If Ottawa wins, ah, my kids like Ottawa, and yeah, I go to the the bar where a bunch of people. Are, I'll watch a few games, right? And that's what should have happened in Phoenix. I got, just never did. I got two little guys that I'm pretty close with up here. One's eight, and one's five. Yeah, and their their dad, for whatever reason, is a Blues fan, and so it's always fun for kids to push away at dad, right? Like, no, dad, we don't like you, and. At the time, I'm like, for lack of a better term, the fun uncle. Yeah. Matt likes the Leafs. We like the Leafs with Matt, right? Yep. Until they go to school. And they hung with it for a little while, but it's it's not very fun to be the only one in the class 
who likes the Leafs. It's it's fun to poke at dad. It's not fun to right. to be picked on at school. And it wasn't even picked on because they were too young yet, even for like kindergarten, yeah, grade. I, I don't but mean like, bullying. But like I the teacher mean, even is like, "What are you wearing that Leafs hat for?" Yeah. And and it stops being fun to wear the same hat as Uncle Matt. It's every other kid likes the Sens, and they're they're pulling away from me, man. I'm losing them. Like yep. they're they they. And as the fun uncle, yeah, you care about those kids, yeah, and you don't want to actually do something from a sports perspective to. To sever that relationship. So you're going to be as much of a Leafs fan as you are. You're going to be more accepting that they're Sens fans. Yes. Because you care about them. Yeah. And we're still going to have fun with it. We're going to play it up a of little. Course. We're, we're, and when they get older, it'll be easier yes, to 100%. be able to do that. But it's not But I can now. see it already where they're they, – they, on jersey day, yeah. they don't want to wear the Leaf jersey to school because they'll be the only kid in their class in the Leaf jersey. Right. And that's – when you say it takes time here in Ottawa oh. – it's working its way down, and that class that maybe their parents ten years ago were buying fifty percent, what thirty percent Habs jerseys, thirty percent Leafs jerseys, and you know forty percent Sens jerseys. Yeah. It, that that number of Sens jerseys creeps up as as it more and more infiltrates the market. Because as you said, at one point, all these people were Leafs or uh, right. or Habs fans. Imagine if Sens so. It's, make it's playoffs. It's fun for me to watch these two kind of pull away from me on like. Yeah, but imagine I, I, when the Sens make the playoffs. I, I remember saying to little Lucas, and I said, you know, are we still cheering for the Leafs? Are we like these? I don't know. They lose a lot. <laughs> like, well, I didn't. I'm not gonna have a hockey debate with Lucas. I'm like, this is the best they've been in a long time. <laughs> like, they're winning more Lucas, than they're losing. You're so smart. They're if you're listening lo- to this. They're losing. Smartest kid alive. Yeah, they're losing a lot of the important games. I get where you're coming from, but uh, yeah. Really, as someone who loves those kids, I don't want to pull them down with me. There's a chance to escape the pain that comes with being a lifelong Leaf fan. The only job of the National Hockey League to kind of get this back on track. The only what job is of the track. Yeah, the, we don't have one. <laughs> okay. The only job of the National Hockey League when you go to a market that isn't necessarily a diehard market. I don't care what market it is. Is to make sure that you do well enough that. People start, and when you're around, like for the Sens, yeah. they did well enough 10 years after that they were making the playoffs every year, yep. one of the best teams, yep. and 10 to 15 years after they were in, they were going to Stanley Cup Finals, yep. they were heartbroken with Jeff Friesen, they were like yep. first in the league, losing the Leafs, yeah, it would have been great to beat them, but they were relevant. Yep. And so then those people- well, Exact same timeline, man, if you having, do the math, Nashville- Get relevant. Yeah, at, at the very beginning, it, you're right. Nine, uh, 04, Tampa wins that cup after like, coming in at the. But Nashville, a little while long, uh, comes in a little while later. Eventually, it stops being overrun with Red Wings fans every time you meet up in that Central Division playoffs fans. And not only does it start to be full of Preds fans, they're doing their own thing. They got the chants and yeah. the songs and all these sorts of things. Like, get in there and make some money early. Like, yeah, it's going to be overrun with opposing franchises. Sure. But. Let it take time. Let Have it enough success. The, but Phoenix has been there since. Have enough success 96. that people can get behind the team. Yeah, and go. And when those people and start those having people kids, paying that money are what keeps the franchise alive. Yes. Letting the Red Wings fans come in, letting the Black of course it is. Yeah. But when those people grow up, and then those people yes. start having kids, and those kids it's a long start going. Haul. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a long That's haul. That's the only way to do it, and though. And in Ottawa, and in Nashville, and in Tampa. Yep. Those are three organizations. San like, Jose. Yeah. I think got if you, really good. If you went, though, 
and looked at when those teams came in the league and said, are those teams going to be successful? Yeah. Okay, Ottawa's in Canada. We, we can it's a pro- different standard. Different but it's, standard. But yeah. we're also going to Nashville, the home of country music. Yep. We're going to Tampa Bay, Florida. We're going to San, San Jose, Jose, California. Yeah. And you know what they've done? They've lasted. They had success you know, relatively yep. early. And people turned into fans, and now 30 years later. And they made it their thing. They all yes. have specific vibes. Oh, like it's cool. going to a lightning game and yeah. the lightning bolt coming across. And the like, Sharks were well recognized oh. for a very long time as having the loudest crowd in the in the league. It's Nashville's just, a great crowd. Right. They just they don't care. Dallas. Hey, I don't know offside. They're going to tell me when I get there. Yeah. But, man, I'm going to have fun when I go. And I'll learn it. I'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. So it's just all of that concept is what they were trying to do in Phoenix but they screwed it up. They Multiple just didn't. Times. Yeah, they didn't do it right. It doesn't mean to me still that Phoenix isn't a market that can't be the Nashville or the San Jose. Has anyone ever been to San Jose? Well, I assume someone has. No, but like, have, have you guys? <laughs> like, I've, I've, I've never been to San Jose. No, I haven't either. Yeah. And every time I get told it's like this boring, industrial, high tech, like there's nothing really there. Yeah, Silicon it's, Valley. It's San Francisco and Oakland. It's not San Jose. They made people care. And that's the whole point. At some point, it is a business. And the PA, I can't believe the PA ever let the Coyotes move into indefinitely into that college arena that said, hey, we're telling you right up front, we ain't making money. We ain't even trying for the next couple of years. That's hockey related revenue. How did the PA ever sign off on that and say, you know, and how did the richer teams of the league allow it? As long as you have consciously decided for the indefinite future you aren't trying to make money, then you don't get what do they call revenue sharing yeah. either. If you're not trying to make money, nobody's cutting a check and sending it down to you either. You should have done a better job. Yeah, with this. and this is Gary Bettman's probably worst thing. Well, we just talked about it, right? Gary's legacy. If he had just pulled the plug on Arizona, one of these times that it was pretty obvious he should have earlier on we'd be looking at it going anaheim won a cup been successful san jose has been great um nashville Dash, got to a final. as we said dallas nashville tampa uh the florida panthers have been to the finals twice yeah. carolina's got an interesting thing this southern footprint thing that he's done has been widely successful whether as canadian hockey fans want to hear it or not oh, it's widely it's worked it has worked for sure this has. one hasn't and for whatever reason He's insisting on going down with that ship and tying his legacy to it. Well, just get out of there. See, I, I would try Houston. I wouldn't get out of there. Try Salt Lake. I, I would just, I would try and do it a different way, and make the market work. It's just so it just sucks for Coyotes fans that kind of invested thinking that they would be the San Jose's and the Tampas and the Nashville's and the Carolinas at some point. I right? guess I, I, I don't know what that other way is. I don't know what the new thing is. I. That people have tried and failed, and anyway, huh. that's more than I no, thought we talk about. The yeah, coyotes. you build a no, no, you build a rink downtown Phoenix, and you make it cool to come. Like there's already a, an arena downtown Phoenix, and they don't want the Coyotes in it. So now you got to go and build another one in Tempe or whatever they're working. Yeah, on. Yeah, but that that's what they should have done in the first place. Build a rink downtown. Well, they were downtown, right at the what do they call it? The Great they, Western. They didn't uh, build a, There's poles in the middle of yeah, yeah, yeah. Viewpoint. No, it was shit. What was it called? American America Airlines Arena. No, American Airlines Dallas. I think it was America oh. West Arena. Uh, and then it was dilapidated or whatever. So the Suns built their own arena and said, "We don't want you here. You're not going to be a part of this." Yeah. And that's when the Coyotes moved out to, yeah, uh, Glendale. to Glendale. I know. And I, so they've been. So they've screwed that market up. Yeah. 
I think that's what we've got to here. Yep. But hopefully they get it back because I actually love the area. I love the market. I think there's some diehard hockey fans there, but they just haven't done a good enough job. And the fact that, like, I've been to all of those markets that, like, I've been to Nashville. I've been to Tampa. I've spent a lot of time in Florida with that rink way further, way further out than it needs to be. Um, it's incredible. Like I've gone down on vacation and somebody offered me like center ice box, free food, free booze, (laughs) go see the Bruins and the Panthers tonight. I'm like, nah, it's far. Not interested. Seriously. Like I'm on the beach. And I got to go to my hotel and I got to get ready. And then it's a 40 minute drive out there. I remember Doug McLean. No, thanks. Telling a story who used to coach and, and run the I show love down Doug there. McClain. Yeah. Him telling a story of being in a bar, like basically across the street in like what, whatever was a hotel complex or something. And I'm asking the bartender, can you put on the Panthers game? And the guy flipped it to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. And him like, no, I meant the Florida Panthers. And the guy looked at him with a blank stare. And he's like, it's across the road. You don't know these, this team exists. Yeah, like, seriously. <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like it. And it was eye-opening for me at the time. I was in Sawgrass Mills Mall for the first time in my life. And did I tell the story already where I did one part of the mall? And I'm like, oh, it's a cool mall, but it's not quite what I thought. Like people built this up. And then I realized I was in one of seven sections of the mall <laughs> and I, there were six more sections, but I ended up passing, um, and I get it. Like this is, this is different, but at the time the scents were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like top of the league. Good. Jason Spezza and Danny Heatley and Ray Emery and Brian McGratton were all walking down the middle of the mall. <laughs> Not a person. No, no. Like not, not anybody even had a clue who those guys were. It could have been Alexander Barkov and Matthew Kachuk. People in a mall weren't likely no, going to look No, but the up. mall is right beside the ring. I understand. So I just want to make that clear. Yeah. That this is right beside where if you are a fan of the Panthers, you're probably going to live because you don't live in downtown Miami. Right. And drive out every day. You don't. It's for snowbirds that move to Sawgrass or move to Sunrise or somewhere close to the rink. Yeah. Not anybody knew who these guys were. <laughs> and they were like top of the league at that time. And like nobody cared. So well, that's appealing. That's why a lot of players end up there, right? Right. No. Everybody's got different well, desires. Well, no state so. tax is probably number that's one. That's a big but, part yeah. for sure. So uh, we'll wrap this one up, man. This will be the last time you're in studio for a little bit, but we are going to dial you up and, and you'll still be... Kicking out the Versage sessions from uh, from Europe. We'll do them online. When I get to, at some point, I'm going to a little town in Calabria in the south of Italy to do some real sort of deep dive family lineage right. stuff. And this is a very Check small town the in the southern part of Italy that I don't expect them to even speak much English at all. Right. And have, you, have you got yourself a... English, Italian, dictionary, anything? You're just going to count on Google Translate? No, well, yes, but I'm on about a 76, 77-day streak on Duolingo. Okay, nice. So I've been preparing for this a little bit. Okay. I can order probably in a cafe. Mm -hmm. Um, Duolingo is very like, here's what you need to do to talk at the airport and talk in a bar and talk in a restaurant (laughs) and 
Um, talk I've just to, been studying the bar. Yeah, part. <laughs> talk to normal people. You probably can't do, but uh, no, I've been trying, and I, I'm looking forward to the adventure for sure. Right. But to be able to sort of dig up, I have. This is the interesting part, and I'll let you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, I have in my possession, or I've been sent from my uncle in Florida. Within a ten-year span, there are four different pronunciations or spellings of my last name. Yeah, I think you were telling me this at the brewery. Um, Four different ones, and they're all on like marriage certificates, death certificates, (laughs) uh, within a 10-year span of somewhere in the early 1900s, it's either like V-E-R-S-A-C-I. Versace. uh, C-I, C-E, Versace. Um, G-I at the end. <laughs> um, there's another one too that, and I have all these documents. Right. So I think, like my uncle called me and he's like, well, I think this is incredible that you're doing this. Good luck. Cause here's four documents with four different <laughs> last names within a 10 year span of like 19. You're going to find four long lost families over there. Seriously. Yeah. But I can't wait to do it. And I think that's, the point of the adventure of not only doing that, but uh, trying to get away a little bit and, and just trying to recharge. And, you know, sometimes when you need to do something else to at least have perspe- perspective when you get back. Sure. That's uh, that's what's happening here. I don't know when I'm coming back. I'll yeah. be back yeah. at some point, but I don't know exactly when that is. And that's okay. 100%, man. Sounds like a hell of an adventure. Well, a little scary. I'm still worried about the root canal coming up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's also an adventure. Uh, but, uh, other than that, we wish I, you I'm, luck I'm there. hoping to be like healthy going over there. Yeah, but, that'd be a good call. Man. But anyway, yeah, uh, it's nice to see you as always. This is fun, and uh, I promise you, I'll be yelling at you <laughs> at like in Italian. <laughs> I'm hoping that I can yell at you in Italian, uh, in Portuguese. Spanish, in Portuguese, and maybe. Maybe a little Croatian. Maybe Greek as well. Yeah, okay. We'll see. Croatian. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. But if I can yell at you in two or three different languages where you go, I don't really know what you said, then I'll say it more. Vafanopoli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. Goodbye, Matt. Yeah. We'll wrap this one up here and uh, and call it a day. So we'll hear from Lee later on from uh, from Europe. We've also, we've banked a couple of things for you. Here. What? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, we've cheated. We've done, actually, I can't wait for people to hear one of our our yes sort of banked episodes because I I think it's awesome yeah and I don't even think it's awesome you opened up a little bit uh, to some of the things going on or that have happened to you and how much other things other than sports mean to us it's true I would call it and uh, you and I share that so I'm looking forward to people hearing it it's true and uh, we'll hold that off we'll let you know at a later date when we decide to drop it then we'll let you in on what it is uh, so stick around for that. Uh, for Lever Sage, my name's Matt Robinson. Make sure you're subscribed to the pod wherever you're hearing us right now. Give us a follow on social media at Tall Can Audio. And we will see you all next time. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this still come was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time. Yeah! <laughs> Ugh.